welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers. Not just any episode, this one here is a little bit of a special guy. Uh, this is going to be our, well this is now that you're listening to it, uh, our special holiday episode. Um, for those unfamiliar, you might recall a couple years ago I did a special episode on Ron Howard's underrated film, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, and I did that by myself with a cheese pizza and a bottle of whiskey uh, because I was very bad at planning and did not get anyone to book with me. And it was too close to the holiday to get anyone. So I ended up doing it myself and uh, calling a bunch of people and talking to them over the phone on mic. So it was fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. We got a lot of response from it. It's been two years. So we figured, heck, why not do something again? And because I am a psychopath, we have decided to do something a little bit different this year. And it starts right now. Uh, it is currently 8 a.m., uh, a little bit before, on Monday, December 21st. It's the 21st. I just woke up not too long ago. Uh, so what we're doing here is we are going to, or rather I alone, am going to be watching 12 uh, Christmas movies in a row with pretty much no breaks in between. We've got 12 movies and in between each I have allotted for about a 15 minute window to be able to record a quick 5 to 10 minutes on each movie as we go. Uh, some movies are going to have guests because uh, the movies were recommended to me by them. Some movies are going to have guests because I wanted to see what they had to say about it. Uh, and some are just going to be me talking because it's going to be deep, deep, deep into the middle of the night. And I don't want to bug people too much. Um, so this is, uh, I'll give you a quick rundown uh, at the top right here of what the movies are that we're going to be covering. Um, and there's also going to be a detailed uh, list in the description below. But for all of you that are not looking at that, I have the inability to either look at it or read it. Hey, it takes all kinds. Who knows? Uh, the movies that we are going to be covering uh, today into tomorrow, because this will be going from, again, 8 a.m. on Monday, and will be ending at approximately 4.15 p.m. Tuesday. Uh, with these 12 movies, some of them are long, yeah. Uh, but we are going to be uh, starting off with Love Actually, which I will be pressing play in two minutes. Uh, then we're going to do um, A Child's Christmas in Wales, It's a Wonderful Life, The Holiday, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. That's not a Christmas movie, you might say. Well, some of these are Christmas movies to people who recommended them because they love watching them around Christmas, mixing it up a bit. After that, we're watching Elf, Batman Returns. We have our fan pick where we put up about six movies up on the old internet and had people vote on which ones they wanted to get in there. And uh, the Santa Claus one, the, the Tim Allen classic. Uh, after that, uh, it's going to be Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Then we're going to be watching Jack Frost from 1997, not the Michael Keaton, George Clooney looking snowman family friendly film. We're going to be watching a 1997 
a cheapo slasher horror piece of trash named Jack Frost, and I have a very fun story about that. Uh, after that, we'll be watching Treasure Planet from Disney. And rounding it all off is going to be the classic Jingle All the Way, which uh, we'll probably end up talking about PlayStation 5, most likely. Uh, so those are the movies that we're going to be covering. Again, it's pretty much uh, the only breaks allotted are pretty much the 15 minutes in between each movie where I can call the person if I'm calling them, be able to record the quick 5 to 10 minutes. And then we're going to jump right into the next one. I have procured uh, many, many snacks and drinks to get me through this um, roughly uh, 38 hours of TV watching. And for a look into the future, here's how I'm doing at the very end of this podcast. I feel fine, but like seriously, this was fine. I'm very tired. Uh, So without further ado, we're going to jump in. Uh, I am starting off with some delicious iced coffee and a big old glass of water to get me through the first movie on our list, Love Actually. Let's get to it. Yeah, right. Your secretary is very pretty. Be careful then. And chances are finally taken. Sounds fun. Yeah, it's great. Universal Pictures invites you. All right, so I watched Love Actually. Uh, It's a okay movie. Uh, It's long. Um, it's filled with a lot of actors that are very good at their job and it's a very sweet movie and I sometimes forget exactly just how much is going on in that movie until you start getting into it and you're like, I'm 45 minutes into this thing and I'm still meeting new characters, sort of, so but uh, the the main uh, thing to take away from Love Actually is that it is a Christmas movie. It starts five weeks before Christmas and we travel through to Christmas Day and it's a lot of Christmas stuff. So uh, this movie was recommended to me by a very good friend, Rhea Banerjee, and uh, we're going to give her a call right now. Hello there. How are you? I am good. How are you? I am doing very good right now. I have just started just started off. Uh, I am recording right now too. I, I figured I should let you know that. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that you don't Thank like. Thank you for disclosing. Yeah, you don't yeah. say anything really weird. I could always bleep something out if you want to say something right now, and I'll just bleep it out. So say something really weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, flamingos are the best part of the Christmas season. Wow, that is very hot. So luckily we did we did bleep that out. Wow, I hope I remember to do that. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the call. Uh, this is this is the first one. 
of uh, oh, sweet. Yep, I started. I got up at like seven in the morning, got everything ready, and kicked it off a little bit after eight. And uh, so here we are. Um, so love, actually, why'd you pick it? What's up, man? I feel it in my fingers. <laughs> I feel it in my toes. It's the best Christmas song ever in the history of Christmas songs. And it, it kicks yeah, everything it's off, really. You've got like Hugh Grant's it's little, uh, like kind of uh, aging poorly, like 9-11 comparison uh opening everything up and it's 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 a very and it's a very sweet yeah it's a very sweet sentiment and then you kick right into bill nye in a studio messing up his own lyrics and you're just like right i'm gonna hear this song for the next two hours that's right and it's amazing and i love every minute of it he is he is my favorite character in that movie that is like he makes the movie for me i love it so much <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty, that's probably my take too for favorite character. Although I will say, uh, Martin Freeman in this movie is like my spirit animal and it's not any like specificity to like what he's doing or anything. It's just like every single time he's doing something awkward, which is kind of his like go-to like kind of acting mode. I'm just like, yeah, I, I feel like that at all times. Correct. Yes. Oh yeah. No, he's very relatable. He's very, very relatable. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's like, it's like cringe awkward. And it's also like, Ooh, I've definitely said weird shit like that. Yeah. (laughs) I've never been in the specific situations that he's been in, but I've been in like slightly more reality based adjacent situations that have definitely, (laughs) I, I, uh, I see what you're laying down there. Yeah. 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 I see where you're going with that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But yeah, no, no, completely relatable. And I I think that's also a very sweet plot line because um, the name of the actress escapes me. But um, she's so adorable. And so I I, I don't know. It's just that's like that's it's just so touching. I, I really, really. Yes. It, it's uh it's one of the it's one of the sweeter ones yeah i would look it up on imdb but the imdb cast list of this is just insane it's, it's monstrous like it's huge it's a it's a long movie for a christmas movie as well yeah um tim and i were discussing that earlier tim thinks it's too long uh i think i think it's fine uh given the amount of content uh, that we get, uh, you know, across the board, um, you know, so, so I, I, uh, I I don't know. It's just, it's heartwarming, even though there are some plot lines that I find haven't aged well, Mm -hmm. or maybe weren't that great, (laughs) even when, even when this movie originally came out. Like, uh, like Um, what, like which one, if you had to pick one that you really want to kind of toss a... Uh, a hot side eye at uh you know i think it is a toss-up but i would say that the hugh grant as the prime minister (laughs) and the uh the the aide the 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 lovely girl who brings him the cookies natalie yes yes natalie uh, you know, the, the power disparity in that relationship, very uh, problematic. Uh, I really don't like the way everyone keeps saying she's fat. I was going to I was going to bring that up if you didn't. I was like, there seems to be like a running bit here where they're just like and it's it's not hidden. 
or anything like they outright like make jokes about it and i'm just kind of like is this like supposed to be funny because she's not fat right or am i supposed to assume like oh maybe she is fat and i just don't get it or i don't know And it made me feel bad because every time they were showing her in like full body like shots, I was like, I like had to like leer and be like, am I missing something? Or like, is he like, what's, where is this, where is this like massive, uh, humorful rotundness coming from? I couldn't, I I was like, and and it keeps coming up. Like even the family, like the dad calls her plumpy and I'm like, what's going on here? It's horrible. It's so, it's, it's just, it's just mean. It's just like super, super mean. I'm like, where is this coming from? And it's like, I feel like it's not anything egregious, but in a movie that's filled with so much like kind of sweetness and even like the dark stuff is treated very tenderly and we're like, we're allowed to stay with people during very emotional situations, whether they be insanely joyful or like extremely traumatic or tragic. Like there's a sweetness to the whole thing. And like that joke is just kind of like, it doesn't like jive with everything else. They do it very fancifully, and Hugh Grant's got his like usual like oh 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 is told very well and is heartbreaking and is also like makes me think Emma Thompson is the all-time greatest of all time. Oh yeah. Is that scene when she realizes that the late great Alan Rickman uh has has uh, her husband has bought a, a a piece of jewelry for somebody who's not her and she just has that moment in the bedroom where she's crying and she's listening to the Joni Mitchell and she's just trying to pull herself together and then she kind of like she snaps out of it she comes out she's back in mom mode and she's fine but there's just that moment and what I also find so like ironically touching about that moment is if she had not known about the necklace that's actually a really lovely gift her husband gave her because yes. she listened to her she said you know i love Joni mitchell Joni mitchell is like you know my touchstone and because at first she was like well what are you listening to what is this you know and she's like Joni mitchell and i love Joni mitchell and he got her this Joni mitchell cd and that's a beautiful like really really kind gift for a husband to you know like he listened to her he's not he's not a Joni mitchell fan he got her a Joni mitchell cd but then there's this horrible thing he did outside of the marriage and it's just like it's just heartbreaking it's just like completely heartbreaking and i i just love the way emma thompson handles that role i think that could have been a very thankless role just kind of being like i'm the mom and i'm doing mom things and blah 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 but she she takes it to a level where you really have a lot of sympathy for her especially when she confronts him finally and says you've made a fool out of me. You've made the life I live look foolish. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hell of a line. She's exactly. And she's just like, she's like, now my life just feels stupid. Yeah. You know, I, I was the, you know, I'm the anchor of the family. I'm keeping everyone together and getting everyone's 
lobster costumes ready for the show. Yeah. And, and, you know, just being a great mom, spouse, whatever, and you've just completely ruined it for me. And it's just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's one of my that's one of my favorites because Alan Rickman is definitely you know capital A snack in this movie because yeah. uh, this was kind of yeah. peak like you like Alan Rickman is sort of becoming this kind of unforeseen sex symbol in like the late nineties <laughs> early aughts before he kind of like really slipped into like you know Severus Snape mode and started doing a lot more things like that you know like because back in the 80s with something like Die Hard you're kind of like look at this weaselly wiry fucker like I don't I don't want anything to do with this guy and then he just becomes like he gets this glow about him around the times of like you know exactly like around that time you're just like oh actually yum 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 Um, so I do have to cut us off because I I need to try and keep it to 10 minutes and stuff but is there anything else that you wanted to say about uh, Love Actually Um, Um, I did want to say I do uh, probably my favorite segment is the Laura Linney one Uh, I know we had talked briefly about that in the past that is a a hell of a of a thing yeah so so sad just just I mean and she another one she handles that beautifully uh the the hunky actor who she has a crush on also handles that beautifully it's so bittersweet mm. um and and you know and, and it's like it is the one it is the one true like bummer story um you know even more than Alan Rickman you know cheating on his wife like that yeah. is just so heartbreaking she she just she has to make the choice and she knows but she has to pick her brother uh, because he needs her more, and it's just oh, it's so heartbreaking. And then I'll I'll throw in one more thing, please. And uh, that is, uh, I think the relationship between Liam Neeson and his stepson is uh, just adorable. I love, I I love their relationship. I love everything about it. I love how he's like, you gotta run and get her at the airport, and I'm gonna help you evade you know security and and just be like oh i don't know my kid ran away i mean like i just love that he's like in cahoots with him yeah and is like is is rowan atkinson supposed to be some kind of like english christmas spirit who like like because he's like he like stops him from getting the necklace at first but he eventually gets it and then he just like kind of shows up at the right time and only helps the kid get by and like gives liam neeson like like a winking like little nod yeah, I think he is. I think Rowan Atkinson is the Christmas angel. Oh, is he? Is he? Is he love actually? He might be. Maybe that's love what actually. it is. He's the titular character, Love Actually. Yeah, and that also the scene when he's wrapping the gift and taking forever. I, I just, I mean, we know from Mr. Bean, he's a master of physical comedy. But that scene, I just die laughing. It's very good. Just like. Let's do this, and then there's a Christmas box, and then here's some like stage that I'm going to grind. And some holly, yeah. And yeah, it's all right, holly, of course. Stage, why stage at Christmas? All right, I don't know where I'm. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> all right, well, I will let you go. I yeah, I, I, I gotta jump into the next one. Day. Yeah. What is your next one? Out of curiosity. Uh, the next one up is um, uh, a child's Christmas in Wales. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. uh, my buddy Sophia, uh, who works at the theater, picked it. She said it's like a uh, a go-to 
uh, holiday Christmas movie for her. It's one of the few ones on the list that I actually haven't seen, so I'm pretty psyched to jump into that one. And it's only 55 minutes long as opposed to the two-hour and 15-minute crunch that you gave me. But it's all right because everybody, nobody picked anything as bad as uh, me and Diana both agreed on Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And of course, we have to watch the extended version, which is nearly four hours long. So that's just getting tucked in there. Oh, yeah, no, you're, 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 your butt's going to fall asleep. Just be prepared. Oh, it's going to be good. It's, I've got, I've got a bunch of snacks and some pizzas and stuff to kind of keep me going. I think it'll be all right. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And thanks again so much. Yes. Hopefully talk to you soon. All right. Enjoy your movies. Have a good one, dude. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, all right, then. There was uh, Rhea Banerjee. And as uh, you heard, I will be now embarking upon A Child's Christmas in Wales. Uh, I believe it is uh, a version from the 1980s. And I'll uh, have some more information and a quick review and a, a chat with Sophia on that. Come right up. So I watched uh, A Child's Christmas in Wales, a short movie, just under 55 minutes. Uh, Pretty good movie. Uh, I was unfamiliar with both the play and the movie and its many um, cinematic iterations. Uh, Seems like a pretty chill movie. Uh, It's just very sweet, very nice. Uh, it's got the dude from Indiana Jones in it. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, it was a it was a brisk walk. It was over before I knew it. Uh, compared to the uh, the Legion that is the runtime of Love Actually, uh, but I really liked it. And I'm gonna give uh, my good friend Sophia Kisto a call, who uh, recommended it to me. Hey, Sophia, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm very good. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yay. Did you like the movie? I really liked it a lot. Thank you so much for recommending it. Yeah, it was like my childhood classic growing up. It's such a sweet story. Yeah, I really, I, I found it very charming. Uh, it was very watchable and, you know, it is kind of short, but even like with how short it is, like it just like was over in a flash because I was kind of really enjoying it. It was, uh, I, I had just said before I called you um, that I uh, I was unfamiliar with the tale of A Child's Christmas in Wales, like both like, you know, the book, the play, the uh, the many iterations it's had. Uh, so I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anything about it going in. And I was like, oh, this is just a very sweet little Christmas Eve, Christmas Day movie. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. It's um, it takes place in southern Wales in the 1920s, and uh, yeah, it's it's really sweet. It's based on the Dylan Thomas poem. I think it was on Off Off Broadway. Um, it's a it's a sweet little story. You can see why it'd be perfect to like kind of remake this kind of like a la a Christmas Carol and stuff. It's a very basic premise and you can just kind of add more things to it as like technology goes with like movie making and TV shows and all of that stuff. Oh, for sure. What's uh? so what about what about this movie? Uh, I know that you like you grew up with it. So maybe that's like the main thing. But like you obviously keep going back to it. So is it like 100 percent? like nostalgia factor or is it something that you like you know every time you rewatch it do you get like a little bit more out of it or i guess probably both um when i used to watch it as when i was a toddler real little i mean for one it kind of ruined santa for me sure <laughs> there's a part where the dad eats the cookies left out for santa and i'm like wait a minute yeah <laughs> um there's also i'm part welsh my on my mom's side my grandfather is welsh so it was a, I don't really celebrate my Welsh heritage except through that movie. Oh, right on. Um, yeah, and at the end they play uh, this mid-18th century lullaby all through the night. And, like, I remember, like, my family singing that, like, my mom singing that to me to sleep when I was a baby. Like, that's, like, a song that wasn't, like, really in my childhood. Um, and then as I got older, I could, like, appreciate the poetry of it more. Like, I love the descriptions, like, the postman's windshield nose or how they say snow comes out of the ground instead of the sky, like how it grows overnight on the roofs of houses, like moss. Like, just the descriptions are so beautiful. And as you get older, like, you just appreciate it in different ways. No, I agree. I mean, it's it's very obviously based on, you know, a literary work in the way that it's it's probably a dream for anybody to play, you know, the uh, the narrator, a.k.a. grandfather, because it's just like it's filled with like really fun, kind of clever turns of phrases and like fun descriptions of things. It's interesting, like, you know, hearing the narration, which I would imagine is pretty much as close to word for word. Uh, from a lot of the stuff that it's coming from and then to kind of see like the version that they're filming of that and kind of seeing like, you know, this cutesy kind of 1987 way of kind of shooting these kind of magical moments and things, um, you know, like the reflection in the in the window with the whistle is pretty neat. And my favorite parts, though, were definitely the uh, like all the family stuff, like with dinner and like, you know, all the all the different people doing all the different types of things that your uncles do after dinner and your aunties do after dinner and all of that stuff. Like the the uncle stuff was uh, was really getting me. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm buttoning the buttons and just kind of so taking a nap in the living room. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's um, I, I just love all the shots of like the small Welsh town and the ocean. It's like a seaside port town. It's so beautiful, and I love like how like it's all from the perspective of a child's imagination too. Yeah. Like you know, it's through poems. Like oh my god, the toy soldier part. And oh, it's great. Cannons. It's great. Peppers. Yeah, I was actually really impressed with like the cannon. Like the the cannon shooting. Like I was like, hey, that's like a really good effect. Like that looks crazy. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it's really cute. 
I'm mad at my dad who plays bagpipes. He gets excited when the bagpipers come on. So it's just evolved over the years. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. Uh, I really liked it. I'm gonna start recommending that to people whenever they ask me for like a fun Christmas movie to watch. I'm like, yo, it's it's 55 minutes. You're in and you're out. It's super sweet, and it's you know, Christmas is not only about you know. Uh, giving presents and stuff and like you know telling one another how much they mean to you it's also like a very big part of christmas is like storytelling and like kind of passing on stories uh whether they be ones that you actually went through or you know just like famous christmas stories i mean that's there's so many christmas stories that have been made into like you know children's tv movies or shows and big movies and stuff and this is kind of like the perfect example of one that's just about like, you know, a sweet old grandpappy telling a sweet little boy about like, you know, why, like how he feels about Christmas and this one Christmas he had. It's got a great line at the very beginning where he's like, I couldn't remember if it snowed for six days and six nights when I was 12 or, or snowed for 12 days and 12 nights when I was six. And you're just kind of like, that's perfect. That's like, that's like exactly how like a memory of like a memorable Christmas feels, especially when a lot of time has passed. It really reminded me, even though it takes place in a far off distant land and a far off distant time from any memory that I would have myself. uh, It reminded me of like older Christmases and stuff. And I started thinking back to all the different houses that I lived in growing up when my parents were moving around and like all the different types of Christmases that we had where it was just us. And sometimes, you know, one of my parents was working or sometimes we had the whole family over. It's uh, it was it, it like brought a lot of those out. And I think that's kind of the what the movie's really trying to do is just kind of remind you that Christmas is not just about this Christmas and it's about all Christmases, which is extremely cheesy. But I think that the movie plays it in such a sweet, sweet way that you're just like, yeah, cool. Right. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, not cheesy, definitely very charming, and yeah. uh, it's about reminiscing memories of the different ways the family gets together, and it is a sweet little story. Well, I appreciate you recommending it to me, and uh, I hope you're having a good day. I'm gonna, uh, I'm about to jump into "It's a Wonderful Life" right now for the umpteenth time that I've seen that one. So it was kind of nice to be able to watch this one uh, right before you know a classic uh, Christmas movie that I've seen like uh, an uncountable amount of times. Uh, so thank yeah, you very much. Right, right. No, no, no. I like that. Yeah, thank you. It kept the list. Uh, it kept the list uh, nice and fresh. I think it's the only one. It's the only one on the list that I haven't seen before. But some of these I also haven't seen for like, you know, 20, 25 years. So I haven't seen them since becoming a man. I only saw them when I was boy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much again, and uh, I hope to see you soon. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, have a very good one, and uh, hopefully I'll be seeing you soon, and we'll start slinging some popcorn again. Thank you, you too, and enjoy your Christmas movie one. I am gonna just keep going. It goes till four p.m. tomorrow. Oh wow! Yeah, I know. It's okay though. I got pizza and all this fun stuff. It's gonna be good. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right, have a good one, dude. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. Yeah, so um, A Child's Christmas in Wales, fun movie, highly recommend it. Uh, Sophia was nice enough to lend me her DVD to watch it, Uh, but I do believe that it is also available on multiple rips on YouTube. 
Uh, so you can just find it right there. It's really good. Highly recommend it. Um, there's even a charm and just kind of like the digital quality that I saw on the YouTube ones. And even with a DVD that just kind of add to it and makes it feel like something that you've been watching since you were a little kid, even if it was your first time watching it. Uh, so with that, I am going to be jumping into a little movie by Frank Capra entitled It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I'm watching the black and white version, which I got tricked up on. Amazon has like It's a Wonderful Life and then they have It's a Wonderful Life black and white version, leading me to suspect that they're trying to push that the colored version is the original, but that's not the case, but then I couldn't remember because it was really early when I was like logging all these things in. Uh, so I will not be watching the colored version because that sounds horrifying. Um, although a little intriguing, but I'm just not up to that. So I'm going to press play on It's a Wonderful Life and uh, I'll see you in a little bit. This is another decently long one, but nothing too crazy. Uh, hope you're having fun listening to this and uh, we're just getting started. See you soon. This is old. I like it. It's, uh, it's got a sensibility to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's old. It's an old movie. Nope. All right, it's a wonderful life. Good movie. That is a good movie. I don't. It's weird. Watch. I feel like every time I watch It's a Wonderful Life, it gets longer and longer before it gets to the Christmas part. I went in and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Like you don't really get to like the whole Christmas part and the whole flash, like flash sideways you know, season six of Lost type stuff until like an hour in. It's actually only the last like 25 minutes of the movie and the movie is like two hours and 10 minutes long. So I always forget that it's essentially just like a really normal, miserable movie about a guy who just keeps getting the short end of everything until it like flips into, oh, this is the Christmas movie that you're always thinking about when you think of It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, So my buddy Damien Masterson, uh, recommended this one. Apparently, he's got a pretty spicy take on it as well that he was pretty excited about. So, why don't we give him a ring? Hello? Oh, are those jingle bells? Did you did you have props for this? Oh, nice. How, how you doing, man? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much for adding this one onto my list. It was, uh, it's a breath of fresh air to have kind of like a stone cold, inarguable masterpiece on my list. But I'm wondering if you maybe got something that could break that. Uh, I, I, I love this movie. It is one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's one of my favorite movies overall. Um, but I do think that it does have, uh, some structural problems. Okay. And it may not actually, uh, deliver on the premise that it is in fact a wonderful life. That's 
that's my hot take. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting because like in watching it this time, I was just saying before I uh, ring a ding you up um, that it's like the older I get, the more this movie kind of changes more so to like where it's like, Oh, that's right. Like the Christmas stuff doesn't start until like an hour in. And every time I watch it, I'm like, no, that's just like the last 25 minutes of the movie is actually the Christmas stuff. And everything else is just kind of like these miserable uh, accidents and bad timing just kind of happening to this dude who really just kind of wants to relax and follow his dreams. And like this time in particular, not that I was trying to track down your take, but I was just like, you know, it kind of seems like the point of this movie is to just like suck it up and be happy with what you got, whether or not anything turned out okay. Yeah, so, so the, 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 the movie originates as a short story. The short story is just the, the part people think about the last 20 minutes of the movie. Sure. The, 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 the short story begins on the bridge and ends roughly the way that it does. Uh, not a lot of the details change. So the whole hour before that is them working backwards to justify how their main character gets to the bridge in the first place. But they make, they, they have one central tension in that first hour that they don't resolve in the set in the last finale. And that, so like, and what's that? Well, with, with George Bailey, like what is his want throughout the entire first uh, hour movie he wants to get he wants to get out of bedford falls and see the world and become educated and like become a better version of himself i think right and and when you look at him over the course of the flashback as he gets more and more frustrated he also gets more and more like uh bothered by it so like the scene later on where uh sam wainwright is uh he's seeing him outside outside martini's house when they first move in george and mary are super happy until sam rubs in uh, how successful he is. And you see George like kicking the door, his car doors, he's getting back inside. So he's still so bitter about like what he's given up. Right. And in that last 20 minutes, like, um, so like in the short story, what you get is a guy who's just depressed and he's just a bank clerk who's thinking about killing himself. And fun. Right. Yeah. That, that make a movie about that. Yeah. Right. But like you, they don't make a movie about that. They don't make a movie about a depressed guy they need to come up with this other reason why you can still have this protagonist be someone you like and he can't just be depressed so it has to be he's on the brink of ruin because of the money that uncle billy loses so but that's what they resolve in the last finale in the last half hour they the all of his friends come together because of all the sacrifices he made they they give the money to make the the, so the building alone whole they've resolved that's the, the the crisis of the finale but they haven't touched his actual existential problem. Yeah, because it's not like because that that that's that's actually yeah you're right that's that's a super spicy interesting take that is because it's it's not when I was watching it I was like oh yeah I haven't seen it for like a couple years but like I've seen it fairly recently and I was just like does every like kind of beat in this movie revolve around like suicide in some way like the overall story is that like he's about to commit suicide and he gets he's going to get a flashback of like what it would be like if he never existed because he just says like oh I wish I was never born but like the opening is like uh, this guy is super depressed because he's gotten news that his son has died. The guy that runs like, you know, the, uh, the medicine shop and he accidentally almost poisons people like poisons a kid. And like, he goes and George goes back and he's just like, he saves this person. It, it's constantly about George, like saving everyone else and always putting 
putting his wants and his needs and how he thinks it would be best for him, uh, putting it after everyone else's, no matter what allegiances he has to them. And I was just like, is suicide going to keep popping up as this thing? And it really only is peppered in like really hard right there at the beginning. And then just, you know, at the beginning of like the second movie, which is essentially again, like, you know, there's only 25 minutes left of the movie where George is about to toss himself off the bridge. And it is, it's great. It's really wild that like over an hour and a half of this movie, a full movie runtime is really just committed to like, this guy just wants to get out of his like podunk small town that he doesn't like. He feels like, you know, a big fish in a, in, in a small pond kind of thing. And he just wants to go out there and live his life and maybe be moderately successful and like build things and stuff like that. And he never gets to do any of those things. And it never comes up that he like has to be okay with how life turned out, which seems to be generally what the ending of the movie is saying. It's like, look at all these great things that you have. It doesn't matter that it didn't turn out how you wanted. This stuff's great. Right, because like when you actually take apart that message, well, people are not gonna like that message. Like they, they, the the way they end the movie, the big triumphant music, it you get the impression that he got everything he wants, but no, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He just got you just got saved from disaster. When he wakes up tomorrow morning and his friends have gone back to their lives, he's still in the life that is giving him his angst. And you could have resolved that story. But they don't. They just skip over it. Yeah, they almost kind of like maybe just like play the trick where like now we're in an alternate reality. That's what everybody's going to care about. They're not going to remember that he really wants to go to Florida. Yeah, but there's like a sequel to this movie where like, you know, uh, 20 years from now, him and Mary go on this world traveling trip. Which, all right, cool. He eventually gets to travel. But like where we leave him in this story, mm-hmm. uh, the building al- the building alone has once again been made whole. Uh, his friends love him, which is great. Uh, he will wake up, you know, with a warm glow the next morning. But he's still uh, the head of the building alone, a job that doesn't really fulfill him, which you can you can kind of see as he kicks apart that little corner of the living room office he has as he's yelling at all at his wife and all his children. Like, he even says to Mary, why did we have to have all these children? Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> That's like a wild, like, he says, I'm like, oh, geez, you don't need to do that. My goodness. Yes. Um, and like, it's not, he briefly loses his temper. That entire scene is almost going systematically through the family and then his children's teachers and he's still mad. Yeah. Like you get why, because he's on the brink of being ruined, but what is it that bubbles up? The things that he's actually upset about, he never mentions the building alone. Yeah. It's like, he's, you've been watching this guy just bottle up all this kind of like, repressed anger towards all these things in his life that he sees as like kind of anchoring him down. And he just kind of explodes in that one moment, which leads to him being like, I'm going to throw myself off the bridge because I'm going to, uh, I'm going to like, we lost all the money and the bank and loans is going to go out of business. And I'm going to go to jail. And then they fix that, but they don't go like, no, no, no. Before that, he was pretty fucked up. Like he was still like kind of on a razor's edge. Like I love that they jump forward in time, like 10 years and you can still see he's like, he's just gotten more and more manic. Like he's James Stewart 
so he's super charming and everybody likes him. And that's the whole point of like the movie is that everybody in town, it's a small town. Everybody likes each other, but like, you just see, like, he has just been like, it's like over winding, you know, like one of those like cars that you wind up, put on the ground and just let it roll like a wind up toy. And he's just been like cranked and cranked and cranked. And he's just waiting for this big thing to happen. That's just going to make him snap. And like, that's what that scene is with his family. Like he just, I love Like you were right. Like he like just systematically goes, he's like, He's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. Like he just freaks out on him and then just runs out of the house. And then in that reality, the wife has been out looking for him and like getting all of the money for him. And then like, that's kind of like another thing at the end of the movie where it's just like, well, don't worry. Money solves everything. You just need uh, enough people to like you to be able to help you out. That's a little bit of a dark take and I don't think that's in any way what they're trying to do but it really is wild that the movie just ends with a bunch of people dumping money on a table and they're like you're okay you're all right now money solves everything that's the message of the movie um there's like an alternative version of this movie where uh he gets saved from suicide by Clarence cool the money never shows up uh he has to start over and they live a different life that he enjoys (laughs) that could work too but uh, no, he, he, they just saved the building alone, and he gets to go back to beating the head of the building alone. Um, he's happy, though. Like, he may keep that, he may keep that warm glow for a long time. Friend, friends are super important. Um, but just, they, they, they don't actually, in my mind, deliver on the premise that it is a wonderful life. No, yeah, and I, I think that's right. You, and you, you said you got a... You said you got some, you got some, maybe uh, some more words on this that you could say, like to kind of flesh it out instead of me just calling you for like eight minutes uh, while you're parked in your car because we're both extremely busy people. Yeah, like, I, I, I did not have time for this. Right. But I, 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 I wrote twelve hundred words on on this uh, this view because once it, it it was more that I the idea of like the weird structure of the beginning just gnawed at me and like this is where I ended up as I tried to untangle like why it bothered me. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, you know, it needs a, a proofreading of the up, uh, whenever you want it. I think you'll have it by later today. Oh, send it on over. Let's We'll see if we can get it up by Christmas. That sounds great. Very cool. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to jab about me about this movie. And thanks again for recommending it. It was a real good one to slide in there towards the beginning uh, and just kind of rest easy with like a, a movie that I really grew up with that seems to constantly be changing as I get older and watch it every like few years and stuff where I'm just kind of taking some more and more out of it. And this time, especially in like, you know, 2020 being like uh, dark times. Uh, it was really just kind of like my pessimistic view on movies is the highest it's ever been. Not that I don't enjoy things or I'm out to get them, but I definitely have like a lens on right now where I'm just like, people don't act like that. Like, you know, where you're just like, you, we've been shown like what would happen if like the worst possible thing were to happen globally. And you like to think that we would all band together and everybody would be cool, but we have been shown that that is not the case. So you watch something like it's a wonderful life, which is attempting to communicate, Hey, don't worry. It's a wonderful life. Things will turn out. Okay. You're just kind of like, no, it won't. 1946. That's not the way it works. Yeah. As much as I, I in, in these few minutes we've had, uh, uh, spoke negatively of this movie, I, like, in my bones love this movie, though. Yeah. And, like, um, it's scratchy. Like, Frank Capra and, like, Aaron Sorkin, for what flaws they have, like, scratch an itch that I feel even more now than anything. Like, I, I want 
the occasional bit of Frank Cabra escapism. Yeah. Given the way the world is right now. And in this movie are a handful of just my favorite scenes in any movie because Jimmy Stewart is natural like nobody. It's insane. It's insane. I was like kind of paying attention to his acting in this too. And I was just like, he's just got this thing where like, it's like he read three different versions of the script and he's trying to say them all each time he's doing a scene. You know, like he just keeps kind of stuttering over and like restarting his uh, sentence and then pointing at somebody else and redirecting what he's saying to someone else. And then when he goes full manic, like, you know, that's that's why you book Jimmy Stewart for this movie is like you need that mantic frantic shot of him just like looking directly into the camera and just being like just a crazy person and you're just like everything's been building up to this it's it's wild how well the movie works and i think one of the most interesting parts about it is exactly what you're doing is that it is so kind of big and broad and dealing with a lot of things that you can keep kind of picking it apart and looking at it and kind of taking a closer look at all the different aspects of it because they're all so interesting and well done yeah, if, if you just want to watch a scene from this movie, the scene, the scene of him and Mary on the telephone, it like it, it's like the most affecting thing I've ever I've ever seen in like eight different ways. Like just the course of that scene, everything that yeah. they play uh, right in each other's faces while talking to to somebody else off camera, like they're it's working on so many different levels. I I just love it, and and like for him to be at at, at this level of, of his uh, ability. And he just spent like the previous four years in the war. You know, he, he, there's like his first and second movie back after getting back from the war. Yeah. Um, after that layoff, and he's still, you know, unbelievable. I love it. It's a fantastic movie, man. Thank you so much for recommending it. I got to jump off to keep everything on time, but um, I really appreciate it again, man. Thank you so much. I look forward to uh, reading your uh, your article. And uh, once we post the episode in the article, I'll link the article in the uh, description of the podcast below. So uh, anybody listening can check it out. Awesome, buddy. Have a very good day. Thanks again. Happy holidays. All right. Yeah, so that is It's a Wonderful Life. That was a pretty good take on that. Every time I watch it, yeah, like I said at the beginning and during, it just kind of changes and kind of wraps around however you're kind of feeling. And I guess it makes sense that if you watch it in the holidays, typically you're you're usually like in a better spirit than you are throughout the rest of the year. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but that's for me. So typically when I watch It's a Wonderful Life, I'm in a good mood. Uh And this year, like I'm in a good mood today. I'm excited to keep doing this. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, it's a good way to kind of relax and everything's been a little bit stressful lately for me and I can't speak for everybody else, but I'd imagine it's been stressful for just about everybody else. Um, so it was kind of interesting to be like in a, in a very different mindset than I'm used to being in when I watch this movie around this time. Uh, but now we're going to get into a personal favorite. Uh, my good friend, Bernadette Gorman White recommended the holiday, uh, for her pick. I'm going to watch that next. It's I love the holiday a lot and I haven't seen it in a very long time. So I'm very excited to dip into this one, even though it is like two hours and 20 minutes long, but that's okay. Uh, so I'm jumping on into the holiday and I'll see you after that. Just six 
6,000 miles apart. Go to Surrey. Oh, this movie's great. I love it. Look at this. They're on their way. Gonna fall in love with Jude Law. Gonna fall in love with Jack Black. Gonna fall in love with Jude Law. Gonna fall in love with Jack Black. That's a boob grazie. Yeah. All right. We just finished up The Holiday. God damn it. I love this movie. The Holiday is like the type of movie that it's like it gets hit with that like romantic comedy genre kind of like shit where you're just kind of like, oh, it's a romantic comedy. It's got like a bunch of pretty people in it and there's a bunch of wackadoo situations. But The Holiday has like in it very keen points on like what it means to like connect with someone that's always really uh connected with me as you can tell i have begun drinking um i I was pretty cool i think on the it's a wonderful life one i had had like two beers at that point and uh something about the holiday just really wants me to break into a bottle of wine and so i did and i drank half a bottle of wine and i'm feeling really nice really even but uh it comes to a point where it's like i know better than most that when you mix a movie that you feel very defensive and passionate about with uh, even the teensiest bit, bit of alcohol, you start to become a little. Uh, I I love the holiday, and I was so fucking psyched that Bernadette uh, picked it as her movie. So why don't we just give her a call right now and see what she has to say about it? Hey, what's up, dude? Uh, not much. Uh, thank you so much for picking the holiday. I just had a great time. And I think uh, from text that I got from you earlier that uh, you were almost kind of watching it in tandem with me. And so we both got to rewatch this movie for the holidays. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty fucking good movie. I love it so much. Uh, my very brief history on it is... Uh, I watched it randomly in theaters when it came out and I was like, you know, that's like really fucking good. I went to go see this as a joke and uh, this is actually really good. And since then, I've heard people kind of shit on it and I'm always like coming to its defense like uh, like I'm the big brother of the holiday. And uh, <laughs> you were one of the first people that I've ever met who's uh, uh, your your uh, ideas on movies I respect more so than almost anyone else's and you were like oh also the holiday is good and I was like oh, we yes yes of course yes it is and yeah, you were one of the first I ever met like that so I I congratulate you on one your great taste in movies and two being my friend and letting me watch this on this day oh well, thank you you're welcome yeah, I don't. I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I don't know when I came to it. I must have come to it right around its release. 
I'd assume. Because I feel like I saw this when I was still in high school, and this came out in 2006. So yeah. That would seem like right at the tail end of my high school career. But uh, at the time, especially, I wasn't, like, super into sappy rom-coms. And while this movie is a little ridiculous in those regards, um, I still think it's, like, a cool commentary on movies in general. And kind of gets you thinking about, like, how a movie works. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, like, fun and clever, but also really cute and sappy. And then Jude Ball's in it, and that's great. Yeah, that's, like, uh, movies that... Like, romantic comedies are not really my genre. Like, I have, like, a couple that I really love. But those are more like, you know, those are the When Harry Met Sally's, the Forgetting Sarah Marshall's. Like, these are movies that, like, are kind of in the even in the romantic comedy genre. They're tossed up on this, like, this, like, uh, plateau of, like, these are the greats. Like, I love the greats because I agree that they are great. But I, I think that uh, The Holiday is so good because it is for the reasons that you're saying, like there's like kind of like a uh, a movie lovers know how to it, where it's like one of them like composes movies and one of them uh, cuts trailers for movies like there's there's a little bit of like that kind of fun insider joke like you're into movies right you're watching this movie here's a bunch of people that are also into movies falling in love with people who maybe aren't into movies as much and they use their movie stuff to make them fall in love with them in like very odd ways like 2006 i the same i agree with you i was not very much into romantic comedies too much but there were certain ones that really connected with me and this is one that i always think back on and i think one of the main reasons is jude law because he is just like at like he's at peak hotness everybody in this movie the four main leads are at peak cuteness in this movie like this is the cutest Jack Black has ever been uh, for my money. Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet are at the absolute perfect look and perfect character that they're playing for me. Like that is that is the, the most cute they've ever been before anything else went anywhere else. And Jude Law is also cute. I would go so far as to say that he is hot, but Jude Law is probably the most my type. From this movie, like I'm, I, I would be more attracted to a Jude Law than any of these other people if I met them in real life. Yeah, yeah, I could say that. Uh, I was probably more in like the Jack Black camp back when I originally saw it, and for some odd reason, throughout the years, like with Jude Law, I guess just knowing like his personal history, I don't know, like the whole like nanny controversy or whatever, years and years ago, but um. Over the years, I used to think Jude Law was, like, really smarmy. But now I'm like, oh, no, I actually really like Jude Law. But he's, like, like I think, that, like, I know about the nanny stuff and all the bullshit, and it, and it absolutely sucks and is kind of something that should really be thought about at all times. But it kind of adds a spice. I'm never going to meet him, you know? Like, I'm not going to and, – and I don't think that he's into – human beings like me gender wise so it's never really become a thing where i'm just kind of like he's a little spicy you know Mm -hmm. and this is like the peak spiciness like we had that one year which i think it was like 2004 2005 was like the jude law year right that was like alfie closer 
uh, like Sky Captain of the World tomorrow, I Heart Huckabees. He's uh, the aviator. He's in everything. And it's like he really maxed out on that. And this was the movie where he was just like, I got a nice tan. My hair is filled with product. So it looks as full as it's ever been. And I am daddy. Yes, it was the first year that Hollywood was like, all right, not only can women who are of a certain age play mothers, men can also play fathers. They can play daddies. He is daddy. (laughs) He is daddy. He is daddy in this. And it's also like, it's really weird. But when I was watching this, I realized in my head that uh, when I think of Kate Winslet, this is the movie that I think of, which seems ridiculous even to me that's a crazy thought it's a crazy thought like you would immediately jump to something as populous as titanic or something as artful as like i don't know count the fucking dozens of like amazing movies she's made but for some reason when she shows up in this and she's like the first character she's like the character that's narrating and the and the camera slowly revolves around her i found myself waiting i was like that's right. It's Kate Winslet, 2006. How she look, and I was like, "Oh, that's how Kate Winslet looks in my head." Always, yeah. It's not like you know, ten years before with Titanic, or ten years or five years or whatever after with like something like Revolutionary Road or any of the other like great movies that she's done. Sans Leo, like this is, I think, the movie that really impressed on me. Like this is how this person looks because I fell in love with all these characters so much. They're like. They're like really cool friends. Yeah. It wasn't long after Eternal Sunshine either, which to me is like the Kate Winslet role. I guess, that, yeah, that's true. I think about her, but she's like, she's not to knock Titanic or this movie and her performance in both of those, but like that feels like the most, like she's lost in that character to me. Like, she becomes Clementine, you know, like where I'm like, well, that's not Kate Winslet, that's Clementine. Sure. So that maybe that's kind of thing. Cause I would say like, that's probably, probably her best performance. What do you think? I mean, that's very, very good. It's my favorite of hers, but I think it's most in my lane. Sure. Well, cause yeah. we, we just started, we just started like the Colette stuff where we're covering Tony Colette and Kate Winslet was like in the running for like what, who we were thinking about covering and like i like looked at her imdb and i'm trying to recall in my head right now someone like a a, a part that she played that might knock that and i i can't think of one yeah yeah i'm not sure i did think while i was watching this yeah i was like man if tony colette were british she would have been great in this role too yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i don't think she and jude law make as convincing siblings They do make convincing siblings. It is. And it's fun at the end there where you get to see these characters that have not been on screen at all together. uh, Finally kind of interact and you're like, yeah, I could see that being a pretty cool, a a pretty cool, like double date. That's yeah. These guys, these guys seem like they, they get each other. Mm -hmm. Although it does make me a little angry that poor Kate Winslet's character has just been going to therapy for three years to get over this man. And like Graham couldn't just say to her, like, hey, uh, that that dude over there, he's no good. 
I mean, it's possible that that he might have, but he also seems like the kind of guy that might kind of mind his own beeswax, maybe a little bit too much with his sister of all people. Like he seems like very reserved and very like, you know, he does. He doesn't even want to tell Cameron Diaz that he's got two girls when they're calling him on the phone in front of her. Like he's just kind of like, I don't have to cover for the fact that Olivia just popped up on my phone screen. I will save that for one of the most amazing cinematic reveals of all time. This is on the level of Rosebud, as far as I'm concerned. When you find out that Jude Law is daddy, it's my... I'm serious. Like, this is like... That's one of my favorite parts of the movie. I fucking... I absolutely love it, but... Um, it's a good part for sure. It's a good twist. I have to, I have to, uh, I, I have to, I have to bring it down. So I should stop talking. But what about the holiday? Uh, you picked it, and like, what about the holiday? Do you have to, what? What do you have to say about that movie being? Why'd you pick it? Like, why is that the one that you were like? You know what? Mike Burge is going to go on a self-destructive, uh, thirty-six plus hour movie watch. He's asked me to pick a movie. The holiday was it just to be nice to me, or uh, do you, do you uh, do you have something else to say about it? Well, I would definitely say that it's probably one of the movies that I've watched the most often with my family as a whole. And uh, so I, I wouldn't say we watch it around the holidays per se, but this was in pretty heavy rotation for a while there. And for being like a sappy rom com, I still tear up during certain parts of the movie for sure so i could say it's definitely stuck with me but something that we do like whisper a lot at the holidays is berry kiss (laughs) yeah that scene with the girls in the tent just like makes this movie for me that's a great one that whole that whole scene from when cameron diaz knocks on the door to when she leaves i'm just like this is this is good movie this is a good movie yeah, I almost uh, feel bad for, like, the Kate Winslet, Jack Black, Eli Wallach section of the movie, because I, I think I have to say the Cameron Diaz, Jude Law section is a little more charming, but they're both very, very charming. Sure, yeah. I, I'm almost kind of, kind of, like, upset that, like, Jack Black takes over as the romantic interest of, you know, the Kate Winslet part. Where I'm kind of like the Eli, the Eli Wallet stuff is like great. I tear up every single time he walks into that theater when the doors yeah. open and it's everybody in there. You're just like, yeah. And I think like it goes back to kind of what we were talking about a couple minutes ago, where it's like this is like a someone who loves movies, movie. You're like, this is a guy who's a screenwriter who's been writing movies like ever since the fucking 40s and 30s. And like, this is like a big guy. And like, he's come up with some great lines. And even though he's not a real person, you're like, yeah, I would respect somebody like that if I met them. And then like to see them get that kind of recognition, however large scale or small scale it might be comparative to like what the characters were thinking you're just kind of like he deserves this that's happening and all the triumph that comes with that and it just like blows me away and then jack black shows up kisses kate wins i'm like well i guess that's cute too that that they like each other but like i'm more here for elliot right now 
Yeah, I, I agree. I wish that that could have been the only meet cute. But like Jack Black is a leading man. That's also very, very charming. He's good in it. Like I'd love to knock him and be like, I wish the Jack Black character wasn't even involved, and it was just, <laughs> it was just Kate and Elliot doing their platonic thing. But like Jack Black's character does bring some cool stuff that. I have had conversations like the one that he has in like the video rental store with many a woman because that is just the way that that shit is. And Nancy Myers fucking nails it. And I don't know if she's making fun of me or not, but either way, she nails it. So respect. Yeah, I think maybe that's why this movie can connect with someone like you or me is that's how you get to know a person at the beginning of a romantic relationship. Totally. It's all about like, what you know, what you like, what type of movies you're into. Yeah. And it's like the Cameron and Jude stuff is like super charming, sweeps sweeps you as an audience member off your feet and you're into it. Like that's a solid movie right there. You could cut like the other like hour out of this movie and just have yourself a good Jude Cameron romantic comedy. Uh, sounds like some of the other stuff, but, and I think the stuff that saves the Kate Winslet, Jack Black part is, uh, great performances on everybody involved and like the movie stuff where you're just kind of like, oh, right. I like movies. I like these actors and I like this story. This is fine to be peppered in as like my sort of B plot to the, if it were a plot, Cameron Jude stuff. Right. And I, I think, too, that every time I revisit this movie, I pick up on something that, like, I weirdly didn't pick up before. Oh, please do. And, and yeah, this time was the first time watching it that I was like, oh, Miles is, like, scoring the movie. Because at the very beginning of the yes. film, you get the uh, Kate Winslet, like, monologue. And then he's beginning to score it. And I'm like, oh, that's a very clever thing they did that I never realized before. Yeah, it's fun shit. It's like really cool. I And I love how the, they introduce the characters um, it, like in a way where it's like first you get one, then you get the other, then you get the other, then you get the other. And like, it's slowly showing like what they do. And I love that Jude Laws is just like, he walks into bars and looks at ladies, but he does it so well. Like he does walking into a bar and looking at a stranger lady with the same professionalism that Jack Black plays piano <laughs> and like, like every, like Kate Winslet narrates the movie he was like, this is a professional. He, Jude Law knows how to look at people. Yes, he does. And I think that's like the greatest thing that he's ever given to cinema. Besides the fact that he also kind of looks like Matt Damon and Ethan Hawke and use that in two completely separate movies. Hmm. Never thought of that before. Yeah. Yeah. I think a talented Mr. Ripley Gattaca mashup podcast is something that needs to happen, but we got to put some time between the uh the, the latest tri- the, like the last Trikai 9 you guys did and mm, I want to yes. I want to talk that Gattaca though but I I fuck I let I let you go too long I let everybody go too long I'm sorry do you have anything else you have you do you have anything else that you want to uh say about the holiday before I let you go uh to the listeners if you haven't seen it yet check it out it's like 2 hours it's really cute just give it a chance it's good yeah, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's long for a romantic comedy, but like that's because like there's a lot of fluff in there that you're going to absolutely love, like scarfing down. 
you got two going on at the same time, which I don't think has ever been done before. I don't think there have ever been like a dual romantic comedy before. I, I don't think at least not done as well as this movie does. And I love that it also doesn't kind of showboat it. They're like, we're giving you two movies for the price of one right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy you enjoyed it. I'm glad I picked it so that you could kind of get like a, a little bit of some fluff in here because I know you have like some pretty heavy stuff coming up. I got some heavy stuff. And it sucks because like the way that we worked the schedule out, a lot of the fluff was at the beginning. So I've just, my whole day has been fluff. Love Actually, uh, A Child's Christmas in Wales. Um, uh, I've got, uh, the holiday. What did I do in between those? Oh, it's a wonderful life of all things. Mm-hmm. Like, and now I'm about to break into fellowship of the ring, which is yeah. we're watching the extended edition, which is like almost four hours long. It's perfect. Though. And then I have elf because Robbie hates me. Um, gotta get elf. You gotta get elf at least once a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then after that, I break into the weird shit. So it's kind of like my nighttime stuff is going to be like the really weird, like I'm watching the 1997 Jack Frost horror movie. Like that's, it's like the, it's, it's probably the most, yeah, well, no, the wine has started kicking in now because as soon as Cameron Diaz showed up in this movie, I was like, I'm popping that bottle of wine. I got up there. I'm not watching the holiday without wine. You can't. It's, And then it made me drink the wine too quickly. Well, that'll happen. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, uh, dude, for coming on and uh, having uh, twice as much runtime as probably anyone else. I don't know. We'll see how the last four go. But uh, thank you so much for picking the holiday. It was probably one of my most looked forward to movies of the day. So I really just had to break into it with you. Happy to be here. Happy holidays, dude. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays to you as well. And have yourself a very good one, dude. I can't wait to see you again. Thanks. You too. Have a good one, dude. Bye. Bye. All right. So that's uh, the holiday. And uh, so now, as previously mentioned, I am going to break into my one and only watch along uh, on this episode, uh, my sweet, sweet boo, Diana DeMuro, is going to join me. Uh, she lives with me, so don't, don't worry. If, uh, if any of us has a disease, we both have it. Uh, we're going to watch uh, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, big Christmas movie for her. Big Christmas movie for me. We watched all three of them together uh, many years ago. Uh, and it was a great time. We realized we hadn't done it for a while. So this is the one that she picked. So we are, go- of course, we watched the extended edition. That is the only edition. No other edition exists. And that bad boy runs in at three hours and 48 minutes. So we'll see you in that time after I watch one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about that with D before we break into the weird shit that gets into the night. See you there. Hence.
Boromir, come on. Okay, just got done watching Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, that's the fifth movie, I think, that I've watched now, and is very good. I like Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings. I like Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. I like those movies, but Fellowship of the Ring is my favorite one. It's one that I consider to be kind of like my Christmas movie, too. And that's why I was really happy that my good old partner in crime, Diana DeMuro, also decided for that to be her pick. And she's joined by me, not by phone, but by in a uh, human being body. In since flesh. We're, we're allowed to live together and we don't have to call <laughs> each other to do things. Uh, Diane DeMuro, everybody. Ayo! Dude, why'd you pick this movie? Well, because this movie was the original Christmas present movie. We got these right around the holidays when they came out. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. They were something to look forward to for like three Christmases, right? Or were they every year or was there a break before the last one? I can't it was remember. every year. It was like 2001, 2002, yeah. 2003. Yeah. I was pumped when these came out. And uh, yeah, and we watched these together a few years ago around the holidays. And uh, I enjoyed that. It's good times. Hunker down. It's cold outside. Watch a nice long J.R.R. Tolkien movie. It's good. It's like I like I like these movies because they're just kind of like fantastical. They were released in December. Yep. So they kind of have like a Christmas flair to them. Like I go back to when the first time I watched them was like around Christmas. Yeah. And like the first one in particular is like that was 2000 that was December 2001 it was 2 months after 911 it was sure. like this kind of really intense moment like me and you have uh like a really nice solid 5 year gap in our in our generation kind yeah. of upbringing sure uh where it's like in 2001 i was probably like 16 17 year old uh oh no rather uh 14 15 year old like kind of douchebag you're making me feel old well, like, how old were you though? Like, but you, yeah, so you had I was, that extra five years where it's like you were not yeah, so teenager. I, you were, I was 20. I become adult. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, so I was like 19 turning 20 and I actually went study abroad to Scotland right after September 11th happened. So I was pretty freaked out to go abroad after that happened and I how, actually, how soon after uh, a couple of weeks damn late late september i didn't know it was that quick yep holy shit yeah dude <laughs> yeah because my uh because it was already booked it was our the trip yeah, was already yeah set. yeah no I, I knew that um and i was going through school you know so i was paying tuition to go um and then i think i originally was not gonna come home for christmas but i think because that had happened my family was kind of like, why don't you come home? And while I was home for a winter break, 
my whole family went to go see Lord of the Rings, see the first one, the Fellowship of the Rings. So we were pretty excited. And only my brother-in-law, Jerry, and I had actually read the books. So we were pumped. Yeah. Well, it's like we've always talked about, uh, and sometimes you make fun of me for, like, I've only read the first book. That's okay. And I was just like, I, re- I I love The Hobbit. The Hobbit is one of my favorite books. I've read The Hobbit multiple times, but I've only ever read of The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. I only make fun of you because you said it was boring. It is boring. <laughs> They're very. <laughs> it's a very boring book. I didn't. I didn't find it boring, and but I'm I, a lot nerdier than you. So I that's bet, okay. I bet. I bet you now. It's like the first. The first movie is so fucking good. The first movie is amazing from start to finish, whether it's the theatrical or the extended. The extended fucks harder, as we all know. <laughs> but it's like now I can't go back. I, I read the first book and I did and I I saw the movie. Yeah, in, you're not gonna go back and read it. In now. December, and I was just like, well, I'll just watch the movies. Sure. And the movies are so good. Well, they're also beloved because of this awesome cast. Sure. It's like I, I, yeah. I the, the the books aren't gonna give me anything. Sure. As far as I'm concerned, like I had, I had an idea of what the books were. I read the first book. I was like, "This is interesting. It's very poetic. It's a little fucking boring. It's a little slow." <laughs> I see the first movie, and I'm like, Wait, a- "This has got Sean Bean yeah, and Orlando is- Bloom and Jonathan yeah. Rhys Davies. The, yeah, yeah, yeah." The books just have a a hell of long detail and backstory, so it's like. Yeah. It's like if you really want to milk it and draw it out, then you could go I'll back read, and read them. Yeah, I'll read them one day, but it's going to be like when I own a house that has like a fireplace that I can like <laughs> sit in front of while a tiger warms itself in front of it. Sure. It's going to be something intense like that. Sure, sure. Um, but you picked this. I didn't pick it. I wanted to pick it. I would have picked it as one of my picks. If you hadn't have picked it, but you picked it. I kind of felt bad, though, because it's such a long one and you're it's doing a, this marathon style. You are style. right to feel bad about that. <laughs> this movie it was it's long. four hours. It was essentially four hours. It's a long movie. Yeah. Not one I would have normally suggested. Currently, right now, to place us in time, it is after... It's almost just midnight. Just after, like, 11.30. Yeah. yeah. Almost midnight. And I still have... I think another seven movies to watch. And you've been drinking, so. Well, and we put, I put all the long movies at the beginning. Careful. Like Love Actually, uh, The Holiday, and this movie. Those are like the longest movies. Batman Returns is probably the closest, but that one's only two hours. Mm. And all of these guys are like two and a half hours, four hours. Yeah, this movie's a journey. It's a great movie. Sean Bean is a fucking star. He should have won Best Supporting Actor for this year. I don't fucking care. <laughs> this movie is My heart's a, for Vigo. <laughs> it's a beautiful little movie. It's, yes. It works as its own kind of little chapter, even though you know that there's two more chapters after it. Right. When it ends, you still feel fulfilled. Like, we just sat through four hours of this thing. You do, and I'm but like, you want to keep watching. That's fine. Sure. That is it. But I also want to keep going. Well, we'll watch it eventually. No, I know. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's but there's, the sign of a good movie. And that's kind of like I was t- really tearing up with all the Boromir stuff because the Boromir stuff feels to me in the first movie like the uh, kind of arc of the movie where like you're introduced to all of these 
little fuckers in the first like hour and 45 minutes and then you get introduced to like here's, here's Orlando here's Bloom. called up all the hobbits little oh, fuckers, are little fuckers. <laughs> and they're all really nice and they're kind of uncomplicated I they'll love get them. more complicated later I love them yeah but then you get you get introduced to Jonathan Rice Davies Orlando Bloom Sean Bean Viggo Mortensen you get all these guys and I feel like Sean Bean is the one because he dies at the end of this movie. He's the one that's kind of given this really quick over the span of an hour and 15 minutes arc. Sure. Like Legolas is still going to get an arc. Yeah. Gimli's going to get an arc. Aragorn's getting the biggest one. I think it's also because he is, he is man. He's us. Sure. Sean Bean's us. Who's, who has faults who would consider like taking the ring to save his hometown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas like Vigo's human too, but he's future King. And he's also been raised by elves. He's not quite human. Yeah, no Bormir. <laughs> yeah, totally. Bormir is like a super relatable dude where you're just like, yeah, man, like, I want that fucking sticker, too. Like, that'd be that'd be a cool sticker to have. Only you're just like, yeah, but having that sticker would, like, completely destroy everything. Yeah. And Boromir's just like, well, I don't want that. But then he's like, for a moment, alone with a guy in the middle of the woods who has that sticker. And he's like, fuck, I get that sticker right now. Like, I really want that sticker. Like, and that's, I love how in the first movie, like, that's really how the ring is treated. It's very much a trinket. Yeah. And the mythology of the ring and the mythology of Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Sam, Frodo, all of that stuff, like, grows in the next two. Sure. I love the simplicity of the first one where it's like, yo, Gandalf dies. Yo, Boromir gets tempted and ends up, like, sacrificing himself. Like, I really dig that. And even knowing later on, like, Gandalf the White's going to come back and smack that shit. He is, but I I prefer Gandalf the Grey. Everybody prefers Gandalf the Gay. Easy there, booze cruise. Everybody prefers Gandalf the Grey. No (laughs) one prefers Gandalf the White over Gandalf the Grey. There you go. If it comes down to, like, wait, what? Did I say something bad before? You said Grand Off the Gray. Well, I didn't say Grand times. Off the Gay. Like I said, don't say that. I can't say that. I'm booze, not allowed to. Booze Cruise. I've been drinking for about seven hours. So not it's really. okay. No. Really? I only started drinking at the holiday. Oh. Yes. I didn't drink earlier on and in the morning. And this movie was really long. So this that movie is, When you really said seven long. hours, I was like, Jesus, but that's only been two Just movies. Like half the, yeah. Two movies. You've been drinking for two movies. Okay, so that's, all right, I'll give you a pass. That's fine. Um, Grand off the gray. All right, so we're at about 10 minutes, so I got to cut you off. That's fine. You've been talking more than me. That's true, so that's why I'm going <laughs> to hand it over to you and say you got any, any last words you want to say about... uh. The Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Like, lay it on us. Like, why is this, like, a really special movie outside of anything else that you might have said, unless, like, that's all there is? Yeah, no. uh, The cast. The cast. The cast. The Little Hobbit cast, in particular. They're my faves. (laughs) They've got great chemistry. They were a dream team when this came out. They were top of the world. And uh, Vigo's not bad either. And I love some Ian McKellen. So, plus this was like visually 
Bella. It looks fucking great. Que Peter Bella. Jackson. Peter still, Jackson, in case people don't know. Still looks beautiful after good all director. these years. Yeah. He's a very good director. Yeah. We were talking about it. Hobbit movies, not as good, but still beautifully shot. No. But not as good. His heart's not in that shit. Yeah. Eh. He's like, I'm Peter Jackson. I don't need to do this. Yeah. yeah. In this, he's like, I'm Peter Jackson. I got to prove myself. These are great. In, in the Hobbit movies, he was like, I'm Peter Jackson, director of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. In Lord of the Rings, he's like, I'm Peter Jackson. I made the Michael J. Fox movie, The Frighteners. And Beautiful Creatures. No, Heavenly Creatures. Heavenly, Heavenly Creatures, yeah. He's like, he, he didn't have anything yet. Yeah. In The Hobbit, he's like, I made King Kong and Lovely Bones. Suck my dick, you know? <laughs> That's what it feels like he's doing in The Hobbit, where it's like, no, dude, you still have to try. All right, and he's let's like, wrap it up. Let's wrap he's it like, up. no, no, no. Stanley Tucci had like all right, blue all right. contact lenses. Okay, okay. He, he got nominated for best Oscar. Like, all come right. on. Okay, that's okay. it. All right. That's it. Well, all right. So I am going to jump now into um, one of my favorite movies of all time that my really good buddy Robert Anderson uh, put in. I'm going to watch the movie Elf starring Teen Heartthrob Will Ferrell. Um, I thought you were going to be like Teen Heartthrob James Caan. Like, that was coming up next, and I just got really bummed out halfway through my joke. Yeah, there you go. All right, so I'm watching Elf, and then I'm going to talk to Robbie about it, and we've got a special treat that's about to come up when I talk to Robbie. So we'll see you in just a little bit. Merry Christmas, friends. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, great. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Why don't we, um... Hey, man, I can't fucking take this shit anymore. I gotta keep watching, uh... Elf, um... Which of the White Claw do I taste first? Remind me what's in the tropical pack again. (laughs) <laughs> I got the tropical pack based off of your uh guidance. Uh I, I have I have mango, um, tangerine, watermelon, and um lemon L- lemon lemon. Okay, so I would go so mango is the one that people always lose their fucking minds about, right? I maybe so lose, you, lose their minds about like in a positive way. In a positive way. So okay. Do you think you want to start with that one? No, I want to start with the one that you want me to drink. What, what do you lemon. want me to put in my lemon. body? Start with lemon. Start with <laughs> start with lemon. <laughs> lemon is the one. Yeah. Are you yeah. sure? Le- lemon's the one. Lemon's the one. I sent you watermelon. Wait, watermelon? Did you already open it? No, I didn't. No, no, no. Don't pay attention to that. Watermelon is the one that you want me to do? Whatever is the one you just opened, that's the one I want and to do. I didn't open any of them. Don't worry about it. Did you open another drink? Are you having like a beer and a white claw? No. Which is the flavor that you want me to drink first? Watermelon. Watermelon. Okay. <laughs> I'll drink I'll drink the lemon one after. Okay, watermelon. Here we go. First time I've ever tried a white claw of any flavor, okay? Okay. 
Here we go. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's a little sweet. You think it's a little sweet? So I think the, you know, what I like about White Claws is that I feel like they're not too sweet. Hold on. You tried the lemon one that you opened earlier. It's pretty good. I feel like the watermelon one might be a, a little misleading on the sweetness because watermelon is sweet, just like a, a sweet little fruit. It's a little bitch of a fruit. <laughs> you, you, uh, yeah, you can say that. All right, I'm going to drink the rest of this watermelon one, this lemon one that you made me open up while I, I watch the rest of Elf, and then I'll call you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, I love you, bye. I love you, too, bye. Yeah, I bet he is. Hold on a second. Why not? No. Come on. What do we... Uh, this is a really good movie here somewhere. Hold on. Hold on. Somebody would have picked Spider-Man 2. This is this looks great. This is like a great superhero movie. Alright, so I just watched Elf again for what seems like the it's gotta be like the fourth or fifth year in a row where I've had to watch Elf for a reason other than the most simplest of ones, which is I feel like watching Elf. I don't think that I've ever felt like watching Elf. Elf is uh, a fine film filled with uh, really fun actors and uh I, I i i i don't i don't like elf i don't like it i get it it's fun when i watch it it feels miserable while i'm watching it but like from bit to bit i'm like yes this this is a fun scene it kind of feels like a bunch of snl skits kind of strung together and that's not because Will Ferrell's in it. I, I thought that maybe that's why it felt like that. But I don't know. I don't like Elf. I I think it's funny. I think that it's got a good message. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know, everybody. I have no idea. I watch it all the time. Apparently, 
and I see it constantly and it's just, it's never connecting with me. I think it's got more to do with me than it does with the movie at this point, because I think that Elf actually is a very well put together, uh, Christmas movie. I think it's like, uh, it could be like an age thing. Maybe I just didn't grow up with it. If I had a little bit more nostalgia towards it, I'd, I'd feel I'd feel that little extra bit of oomph that I feel like I need to get me to the point where I can be like, I like Elf because I don't. I watch it a lot and every time I watch it, I don't enjoy watching it, but I enjoy certain parts of it. But by the end of it, I feel like I just like, went through a thing that I was kind of forced to go through that I'm like, Oh, I guess I liked that, but I don't know. All right. But, but I'm, so we're going to call, uh, Robbie Anderson, very good friend of mine. Um, he does podcasts on this show as well. And he is the one that recommended it. Um, I was texting him while I was watching it. Uh, and hopefully this isn't terrible. So we'll find out. Hello. Hello, Robbie. Hey, Mike. How are you? I am very good. How are you? I, uh, uh, uh happy holidays. Happy holidays to you as well. What are you doing? It's like, uh, one thirty in the morning. Uh, I was taking a break from editing a, a video for our YouTube channel, and I'm I'm watching some Star Wars Rebels. That's what I'm doing. That's re- wow. That's actually pretty cool. That's pretty cool, right? I I think it's pretty cool, and I'm pretty sure everybody listening thinks it's pretty cool because it's a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, guys. So, uh, so you uh, you watched the movie, right? I did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I watched Elf. Um, I spoke a little bit on it just before I called you. Uh, You told everyone how much you liked it. I told everybody exactly how much I liked it. Mm. Um, But also brought up the fact that it's... uh, I watch this movie what seems like every year. Yeah. Uh, for one reason or another, like, you know, this year I'm doing this dumb watch movies for like 36 hours straight and drive yourself crazy, uh, podcast, which seems really nice at the beginning and now is slowly kind of devolving into, um, I'm, I'm kind of really tired and I just kind of want to go to bed, but like, I know that I can't. And it's one thing if it's like, oh, I was going to, I'm going to go to bed in like four hours. It's going to be fine. But I know that I'm not going to be able to actually go to sleep for like, I think it's something like 17 hours from now. So are you, are you, I'm the last person you're calling today. I'm the, you are the last person that I'm calling tonight. Uh, after this, I'm about to break into a couple of my picks that 
I'm not talking to anybody else about. And I'm calling uh, Tim Irwin at, uh, I think, like 11 a.m. Okay. Slim Tim. And then after that, I got Linda. And after that, I got Jack. Yeah. What a, what a trio of giblets. But we're, people, people like to say. we're not here to talk about this. We're here to talk about Elf. So, Elf Robbie, I think that the question that's on everybody's mind, mm-hmm. and maybe especially mine. Yes. Elf. That's the movie that you picked. I did pick Elf. Why? Why? <laughs> Uh, I really like Elf. I, you know, I'm a bit of a, of a Christmas Grinch myself. I, I uh, get very stressed out during the holidays because uh, everything costs money and it sucks. But then when Christmas Day happens, it's actually it's not so bad. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a Grinch up until it's actual Christmas time. That, and then it's actually kind of nice. But, uh, you know, um, Elf is a very important movie to, to me and my, my family. We quote it all the time. It's... It's a movie we all like to watch during the holidays, um, and I also just watched it uh, fairly recently with my with my girlfriend. And um, that movie's good. It's a good. It's a good Christmas movie. We also watched the Santa Claus. That movie's fine. I'm not gonna throw too much shade at Santa Claus. It's fine. I get, I get to watch the Santa Claus uh, later on tonight because that was like the most voted for on the yeah. fan pick. I mean, it's a classic, right? I, I guess I'll find out. You've seen it before, you know. I have seen it before, and I'll tell you one thing that I, I, I haven't been forced to watch the Santa Claus like <laughs> several times because the some of the people that I care the absolute most about in my entire life are just like you know this movie's actually really good. The Santa Claus, it's good. It's I think people remember it differently than. Which is, which is true probably for many movies, like many Christmas movies. I feel like people's memory of that movie is a little bit uh, shinier than the actual movie itself. But hey, man, well, well, I'm excited to watch that and, and talk about it by myself, drunk at like 5 o'clock in the morning. So what's your... Wait, but so we're here to talk about cloth? Elf. What's your favorite White Claw flavor? So far? Yeah. I'm drinking a lemon one right now, and the lemon one is feeling a little uh, nicer than the watermelon. The watermelon one was kind of just like too in my face about the watermelon aspect of it all, which I can't blame it for. It's actually like that's a really good metaphor for how I feel about Elf. The movie? Yeah, where it's like I, I like you press you you you, you pop the cap. On a white claw that's watermelon flavor, and you press play on Elf, you're kind of signing the same deal where you're just like, you are about to drink a thing that tastes like a carbonated watermelon for as long as it takes for you to drink it. Now, the thing with white claw is, it's like, if I really want to slam that thing down and get it over with, I can knock that bad boy out in like five minutes, which I did. So the problem with Elf is, is that it's so good. I press play and I'm like, I'm signing up for this. I'm doing it. Let's go. And it's like, all right, cool. You're here for an hour and 36 minutes. Right. And I'm like, right. 
And I get like 25 minutes into it and I'm like, right. This is why I don't like this movie is because it kind of operates. I do not understand why you don't like this movie. Look, look, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a good movie. I think it's, I think, honestly, honestly, I think it's a great movie. I think it's really hard to make a Christmas movie that has the type of impact that Elf has. I understand that. And I watch it and I want to be in on it and I can't every single time and it makes me feel like a madman I, I just like, did, did Will Ferrell like did he like fuck you over when you no, were a kid or something I love Will Ferrell I love James Caan I love Zoe Deschanel I love all of, I love John Favreau I love yes. Christmas movies I love it all Elf just doesn't do it for you it doesn't fucking do it for me in any in Elf. any way. Like it, it's not even to the point where I've tried for years to just be like, I'm gonna watch Elf this year, and this year it's gonna fucking click, and it never does. And you know what I think it is? If I can be, if I can be just uh, a little nitpicky, pretentious. Not pretentious. Oh? Never. 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 Not me. Me? No, no, no. Me? You? Never. No, 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 no. I think that the way that Elf, Mm. and it's not a major part of the movie, but it's kind of a deal breaker for me. The way that it characterizes um, uh, marketing books. Okay, this is, this is a specific complaint about this movie. The way that it that it shows marketing books is, and again, and I, I should, I should, I should say, hold on, hold on, I should say, most movies are not good. About showing how people market books, I should say that. Like, yeah, a lot. Yeah, so many movies. A lot of movies are not good at showing that. What about how Fifty First? Sorry, not Fifty First Dates. Five Hundred Days of Summer. I got my my numbers wrong. What about the way that Five Hundred Days of Summer portrays uh, like the card companies? You're cool with that. I think that that I think that exactly my recollection of Five Hundred Days of Summer. And how 500 Days of Summer's script represents, what is it, card companies? Because that's where that's, uh, JGL, he works for uh-huh. like, like a Hallmark card company and he writes like the cards. Right. And yeah, I think that that is uh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I like those scenes too. Honestly, you, so what do you not like about the book party? Because there's one scene that you're no, talking about. Wait, no, no, no I, I make I'm making a joke. I'm making fun of Jack for not liking uh, sound of metal. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally. What, I think. I honestly, I you think uh, it, in like trying it. to figure out this time, watching it scene by scene, why it's not connecting with me. Because at this point, I feel like it's just. Um, it almost feels like like fucking biology at this point. It feels like, oh, I'm just not wired for this. 
and I think chemicals, I, yeah. I th- and it could it could even be the thing that I fear the most, which is like I just have it out for this movie and I don't want to like it. But I can tell you right now that that is not true. I want to like Elf more than anyone else on this planet because it will save me from so much strife in my own head. And from all of my friends, because I can already tell, like, you're one of my favorite people in the world. And I want to like Elf because I know that you like Elf. And I don't want you to think that me not liking Elf means that I don't like you. Yeah, well, I would never take it like that. Um, You know, Elf is a movie that is fine. I really like it for personal reasons. No, no, no. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You just said it's fine. It's fine. It's good. I agree. It feels okay, but you feel you don't feel the joy that I feel when I watch it. Do you? Well, you're talking about. I think that Elf is fine. Can I tell you the thing? The one thing about Elf. Wait, do you think that Elf is fine, or do you think that Elf is good, or do you think that Elf is great? I think Elf is great. Can I tell you? Okay, well now now we're on different. Exactly. Now we're back to where we started because I think that Elf is fine. Okay. Is that it, it takes me out of the movie seeing Zoe Deschanel want to fuck Will Ferrell. It's but like, I don't that, think that is a slight issue, but I, I've dealt with that in other romantic comedies. It's fine. Person, this entire, an insane person. It's like when, it's like when, um, Anakin Skywalker and Padme are like, Padme's just like, honestly, this guy's a sociopath. I cannot fuck with this. It's like, oh, wait, from so Star, from Star here? Wars. Star Wars Attack of the Clones. And yes. Yeah. Two and three. <laughs> two and three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I... I think that it's it, it's a dis- it's a disassociation with reality scene to scene is what's really kind of bugging me, me with the movie because they'll treat reality in one way in one scene because it, it serves like, well, we have character A and character B doing this, so they talk like this. And then all of a sudden, character A is talking to character C in the next scene, and they have a completely different dynamic of the reality of everything. Like... Zoe Deschanel and Will Ferrell are talking like they're in one movie, and then James Kahn is talking to his son, uh, William Ferrell, like they're in a different movie, and then everybody else around them is talking like they're in like a very serious movie. Yeah. And it's scene to scene cut pacing that makes me. What was what was the movie you watched before this one? Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. That would okay. So they have they this, both have elves. Maybe it, this the reason this is happening is because you just watched one of the best movies of all time, and not a Christmas movie, and then you went into immediately Elf. Do you think this could be an issue? Uh. Why do you think that that would be an issue? Because the way that you are analyzing Elf is, uh, I think, more intense than the movie begs of you. But wait, uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, great movie, right? Yeah, one of the best. Great. And then Elf. It's a great movie. So why would that be an issue? The contexts are different, but it's it's a different scale. Uh, 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 What? Uh, 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 uh,
the trees aren't in the Fellowship of the Ring. I like the big trees in Lord of the Rings. Those guys are cool. The ants, yeah. The ants, I like them. Yeah, they show up in Two Towers. Me and Diana were talking about that. We were like, nah, the ants aren't. The ants aren't in this. Or, uh, yeah. Of course, we watched extended. What do? We... Okay. Okay. What? 12 hours. I voted for Joe Biden. Of course I watched the extended edition of The Lord of the Rings. I do have to cut you off, though, because we have gone way over time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm actually I'm actually behind now. I have to rush through. I have to watch Batman Returns. I know. I picked that one. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Um, can you tell everyone that's listening why Elf is good so they don't listen to me? Uh, Elf is good because um, it's a classic. It's it's the it's the stepbrothers of Christmas movies. It has that classic Will Ferrell hilarity, but it's also uh, has a lot of like good familial energy. You could, it's very quotable. You could watch it with your family. Um, I watch it with my family. There, uh, every year and, and we like it a lot we quote it all the time um, and you know who doesn't like seeing Will Ferrell do fun stuff you know and it is weird that Zoe Deschanel wants to bang on that movie but you can look past that well Robbie thank you so much for picking this movie uh, I really appreciate it mm-hmm. I love you thank you I love you happy holidays happy Christmas Merry Christmas Happy, happy Christmas, Mike. I love you very much, and um, I can't wait to talk to you soon when it's uh, not about Elf, and we can we can be friends. And um, I love it. I, I love talking to you about stuff. <laughs> I love talking to you about stuff. I'm sure we'll be talking uh, very soon. I'll let you know how I think about the Mango White Claw. That's the one that's up next. Okay. Ooh, please do text me. I'll stay up for that. I will. I love you, bud. Right. Love you too, man. Happy holidays. Go to sleep. Bye. Well, all right. And that is Elf. Uh, that was a rough one to get through, but, uh, you know, Robbie wants what Robbie wants, and Robbie gets what Robbie gets. Um, but now it's all fun. That was the last phone call that I'm making for the night. Um, I feel a little kind of hot and uh, a little like I feel a little twisted, but like I don't feel like too crazy. I'm pretty sure that we're going to be able to get through this. I'm not feeling too tired. That's the thing is like. I'm feeling a little like wackadoo, but like I'm not tired and that's good because time is the thing that's the most like I I can just stop drinking and I can drink some water and some coffee and we'll be fine. Is that going to happen? We'll fucking find out. But we're about to break into nice, good, solid few movies that I have picked myself just to watch all by myself, and I will be back in just a little bit to talk about them. And the first one, Batman Returns, my favorite Christmas movie. Here we go.
Mm, yeah. Good movie. It's Batman. Bet you it's Batman. Well, all right. Batman Returns. That's a great movie. That's a... That's it. Like, that's that's a great movie. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. That's why it's a great movie. Or rather, it's a great movie, and that's why it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Uh, Batman Returns is like... It, it doesn't makes sense that or I guess I should say it like Tim Burton made Batman and Batman is a great movie uh it's got like independent flair it's got blockbuster like kind of like razzle dazzle to it and it made a lot of money and then they were just like Hey, so uh, make another one? And he was like, yeah, sure, and then did it. That's like not something that I think really happens all that often these days. thing that most kind of makes sense with it is like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn, where it's like, James Gunn, make this movie. It's really weird. We want you to make it. He makes it. He makes a lot of money. They're like, all right, awesome. Make another one. And he's like, well, all right, yeah, but I want to do, like, some weird shit with it. And they were like, no, that's fine. And they make some weird shit, and you get, like, something that's, like, you know, maybe not as good as the first one, but, like, in many ways kind of better, you know? Like, it's it's just, uh, it, uh, it transcends what you thought was going to happen. It, like, just kind of blasts out there. Batman Returns is really just kind of like seeing somebody like Tim Burton who has like all of this like blockbuster backing and all of this just like pent up talent just letting his freak flag fly. And the movie has like so many different things in it that really kind of don't make sense, but... In the reality of the movie and the reality that he builds, it does. And every time I watch it, I keep, I keep getting like these little thoughts in my head. Like, Oh, well, that right there doesn't make any sense. Like, why, why would, why, why would Catwoman do this? Or why would anybody believe that Oswald Cobblepot would be this? And it's, it's such a, it's such a subversive, heightening of reality on top of the heightening of reality that he already did in the first Batman. It's fucking wild. Like it really kind of embraces like the wacko idea of like this guy dresses like a bat and goes out and beats people up. Like kind of like the, the go to, uh, kind of like sideswipe at Batman. It's like, well, I mean, it kind of just is kind of silly because the guy just like dresses up in like super duper armor that he makes for himself and he just goes around and he beats up bad guys and then also uh, psychopaths. 
who come up with like really ridiculous uh, alter egos, he beats them up too. This movie just like owns that. It's fucking cool. Danny DeVito looks cool. Michelle Pfeiffer looks cool. They don't change the bat suit from the first one, which like, that's cool. What's another Batman movie that did that? No Batman movie has done that. Batman to Batman Returns, they kept pretty much the same exact suit. Closest thing I can think is Dark Knight into Dark Knight Rises, where like, they kind of keep the same suit, but like, not really. It's fucking cool. It's just a cool fucking movie. It's really good. I'm glad I watched it at like fucking two o'clock in the morning. Um, this is getting a little weird. Uh, I'm starting to get a headache, uh, which is probably from drinking, but is also just probably because like I'm getting tired. So water and, um, Maybe uh, some vegetables. That sounds good. I'm going to do that. Water and vegetables. And I am rolling right on into the Santa Claus. So here we go. Santa Claus coming right up. His name's Scott Kelvin. This is great. And though it has its dangers, nice teeth. Scott Kelvin, SC, get it? You're the new Santa. I am not Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Um, weird, odd to kind of try and talk about. Uh, I get what Robbie was talking about earlier, where it's like the shit seems kind of fucking weird, and uh, I wouldn't go so far as to call it problematic, but it's definitely got some things that haven't, as he said aged well um it's yeah it's fun like tim allen especially kind of tim allen in that kind of era and there's definitely a bit of nostalgic factor going into this like he's like a little charming little fucker you're just kind of like yeah sure tim allen being a goofball and now he's becoming santa claus and he's Trying to make his son happy. It's cool. 
It's um the music is really good. That's kind of the thing that I was thinking about the most cuz obviously at the end of the movie, the music starts playing a lot and you're just like, man, that that music's pretty good. This is pretty good. I was thinking about that earlier with um I think uh Love Actually, which might have been the very first movie. It was the very first movie. And I was like, is this the is this music that was made for the movie? Because this music sounds like Christmas. And it, and and it in fact was. And uh the music in uh the Santa Claus is great. It's very good. Uh Tim Allen is good. Um, the movie is kind of wackadoo. Uh, it's, 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 it's one of those weird, wild movies where you're just like, yeah, I watched this when I was a kid and that's kind of fucked up. I mean, that's, that's really it. Like, that's what the Santa Claus is. There's really not that much more to it, or at least to what I have to say about it. It's... I just fucking watched it. So like what? I mean I'm 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 insanely tired right now. I'm insanely tired. I have many more movies to do. Um but I guess I don't feel like I guess I don't feel like sleepy. Like I want to go to bed, but like I I'm not like falling asleep. Uh, the movies are keeping me entertained. Like, there you go. Like, Santa Claus kept me entertained. I wasn't like dozing off door during it, even though I have been up for, uh, I mean, geez, uh, it's been almost 24 hours. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, I got a little bit of a headache. But that's probably just from like staring at a screen for like 24 hours and like drinking different types of alcohol for on and off for like 16 hours. Like that makes sense. Santa Claus. Um, I mean, it, I guess it's funny, but like also it's just kind of just like more entertaining than anything else. Like it's not necessarily laugh out loud funny. Like I'll be honest, like holiday had me laughing. Like I, I, I like the holiday. <gasps> Maybe it's because I'm a little tired, but like, yeah, I was just watching, I'm watching the Santa Claus and I'm just kind of like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. He starts getting fat and he's growing the beard. And then there's like a whole mythology and stuff. You can't really think about the mythology too much, otherwise it starts kind of falling apart. And I'm like, not that I I don't want to be that guy that's like pulling apart the mythology of things. I didn't do it with Elf before, where you're just kind of like, well, it doesn't make any sense. That they didn't build him a bed. That sounds kind of mean that they just wouldn't build him a bed. They know how big he is. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not gonna knock the movie for that, and I'm not gonna knock the Santa Claus for the fact that uh. Starts out with him just like murdering a guy who like was this some guy someone's dad? How long was this guy Santa Claus? I'm not gonna get into that. 
I'm not going to get into that. Movie was good. It was fun. I really liked the music. Moving on. Uh, we are going to jump directly into uh, the one I've been really looking forward to. Uh, uh, we're going to watch uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch the Star Wars Holiday Special, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk to you about it. That's what the show is. That's why you're listening. So, um, it's uh, Life Day is the actual celebration uh, that they're doing in it. So, I'm going to watch that. Biggest mash hit? Biggest mash hit of all time? Biggest mash hit of all time. Tell you something about the biggest mash hit of all time. I'm gonna watch something else here real quick. Hold on. Sounds like this movie's got me just where it wants me. This is my brother, Joe. Nice to meet you, Joseph. Walk with me. What makes me cry? Manx's a good movie. Everybody needs to shut the fuck up. All right. Star Wars uh, holiday special. Um... I'm kind of losing my mind. Uh, it is uh, nine o'clock in the morning right now. I am. I have officially been actually watching movies for over 24 hours. I thought that this was going to be fun. Um, and it kind of is, but like I'm starting to get. I, it's starting to suck, uh, mainly because I don't have anyone to talk to at the end of these movies, which this is the last one of that, where I, I'm going to get to talk to, to people at the end of the next three, and I'm pretty excited to get those, uh, also over with so I can go to bed, um, the, being tired is a thing now, I, I am tired after watching this f- movie. It's a movie, technically. It, it It's so long. Star Wars Holiday Special is so long. And um, as I was getting ready to record this, I, I knew I was like, I have to talk about the movie and not just uh, the state that I'm in. But the movie is if you've seen it it's fucking wild uh it's kind of entertaining uh in the fact that it kind of just like is uh, it kind of um 
it's kind of schizophrenic in like what it's doing. And it's kind of just giving you like, you got like these little bursts of skits in like five minutes and stuff. So you can kind of, you watch it, but you kind of feel like you're tuning out. And as soon as you feel like you're tuning out, they're kind of like, well, here's something else. And sometimes that thing is uh, a really fucking weird thing for star Wars to be doing. Um, you know, fucking over 40 years removed. Um, and then sometimes it's like, here's some animated stuff that's really weird. Uh, and then, then there's like a bunch of like, uh, Jefferson Starship music videos and, uh, some other kind of weird, like shit. Like there's a bunch of acrobatic shit. In the- I, I don't know, man. It's a weird fucking movie. It's a weird thing to watch. It's not a movie. It's not a movie. It's it's a it is a holiday special. Um and they had no idea what Star Wars was going to be obviously. Uh Boba Fett is in it and there's a bunch of weird shit that doesn't make any sense. So obviously it's not canon. Uh, it's a weird. F- it's it's a super fucking weird thing to watch. I I highly recommend it. it. The entire thing is on YouTube. I watched the entire thing on YouTube. It's uh, it's like a little over an hour and a half with all the commercials removed, which obviously they kind of cut out. And in, in in the one that I was watching, like the commercials would start and then it would just like clip it out, and then you'd be catching like the very last like second or two of a commercial before the other one broke in. So that was really weird. I kind of wish the commercials were in there because uh, I mean, I don't want it to be longer, but it, what a wild thing time and reality is. And that's something that this, for lack of a better word, uh, TV special really kind of presented to me. It's the, everybody looks like they're having fun. Kind of. It's a little embarrassing at some points because you know, like where this goes and you know, where all these people go and you know how much pride is kind of put in star Wars at this point. And honestly, I feel like if I had put this one maybe closer to the beginning, I maybe would have had a little bit more um, of a, like an articulate thing to say about it. But I, I guess this is kind like, I feel like I have probably, I have probably been very stupid on the past few, the past several, uh, little inserts here that we've done. Um, I get, I mean, I guess that's the whole episode. Everyone's just listening to the inserts. They're not watching the movies with me. So this is the show. So, (laughs) so embarrassing. This is probably terrible. I'm so sorry if you're still listening to this. I hope this is good. I don't know. It's, it, it, so it's getting to the point where I am starting to understand 
that I am losing my mind in trying to talk about these very, very, very weird movies. I guess like the Santa Claus and Batman Returns, like those were actual movies. And now I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Star Wars Holiday Special was fucking weird. It kind of put me in a weird place. I don't, I don't know. And I'm about to watch Jack Frost, like this horror movie. Um, and I'm kind of dreading that. Uh, Jack Frost, uh, the reason I put Jack Frost on was because um, when I was a kid, I went to a blockbuster and I rented uh, Jack Frost. My parents were with me and I grabbed Jack Frost off of the shelf, um, but it wasn't the right Jack Frost. I thought I was getting the Jack Frost with like M- Michael Keaton and and the the funny snowman and it's like the kid is in it and the kid is like grown up today and he was in mank which mank is really good and if you think it's boring like that's that's a fucking weird thing to do i had a bit that i was going to do at the beginning which was like at the end of every segment i was going to remind everybody that mank is really good then I was kind of like, that's fucking silly and weird. And maybe Mank isn't good and I think it's good. I don't fucking know. Here we are. It's, uh... It's after 9 o'clock. The sun is up. Things are weird. The Star Wars Holiday Special is fucking... Banana coconuts. The, the the fucking thing is doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So I'm gonna watch Jack Frost. I'm gonna watch Jack Frost. And the next one, uh the next the next the next bit that we're gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna call somebody and I'm gonna let them probably talk for the most of it. Cause I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore about uh movies. Um I'm fucking, I'm fucking sick of it. I'm not sick of it. I like it. God, I fucking sound like, I I fucking sound like Brian Fitzgibbons right now. Uh, look, I like, I guess I like, uh, the Star Wars holiday special. It's fucking, it's just crazy. It's a crazy thing. Like, there's no way that you can't like the thing that that is. If they made that nowadays, it would be made to make you go insane on purpose and people would applaud it. Um, so the fact that it was made in all sincerity, I guess, kind of, 40 years ago, uh, I don't, it's nuts. I'm pretty excited to watch like the Lego holiday special version and see what they bring up now that I know all the bits. Okay. I'm going to watch Jack Frost now. Did I finish my story about Jack Frost?
rented it from Blockbuster, and I got the wrong one. I didn't even say that I got the wrong one. How did I stop the story of Jack Frost? I got the wrong one. I thought it was a family-friendly one with the kid from Mank. Oh, I got sidetracked with the Mank thing. I got a horror movie one instead, and I watched a horror movie one with Jack Frost, and it's, like, really fucking weird. And I watched it a bunch when I was a kid because I thought it was so fucking stupid and ridiculous and crazy, and now I'm going to watch it, and then I'm going to talk to Tim Irwin about it because he, he didn't recommend it, but I asked him, I was like, hey, you want to talk to me about this movie? And he watched it already. And I haven't talked to him about it and seen what he th- thought. So I'm going to watch it right now and see what I think. And then I'm going to talk to him. Oh, boy. This has fallen off. But don't worry. There's only three more movies. And one of them's Jingle All the Way. And that's the last one. And I, I guess that's the thing that I'm driving towards right now. And it's probably keeping you listening. Uh, I hope you're having a good day while you're listening to this. And uh, I'll see you in a little bit. Talk about... uh. Jack Frost, 1997. I'm feeling better. I feel like I got like a second wind. Uh, I am drinking some coffee. The sun's out. And I watched Jack Frost. Fun movie. Uh, really bad. But it is uh, like a nice Christmas classic for me. And my buddy, my good buddy Tim Irwin had never seen it. And I asked if he wanted to uh, watch it and have me give him a holler in the morning. Let's talk about us. Let's give him a ring. See what he has to say about this movie. Hello, Mike. Hello, Tim. How's it going? It's going good. All right. What did you right. What did you think of Jack Frost? That, that's a That's a wild movie, Mike. It's um, you know, there's a lot going on there. It's very subtle. Um, you know, mm. you really have to have uh, a distinguished palate to get everything out of it. It it is it is the mank of its time. It, it's very, <laughs> you know, some people think it's boring because they just don't get it. Some people think Jack Frost isn't a masterpiece because they just they don't understand cinema. They don't get the the metaphor inherent to it all. 
Yeah, because he's he's a he's a snowman. Yeah. And you were saying that you you got this instead of the family friendly one, and yeah, uh, it's crazy how similar the plot is to both of these. They are both like they are essentially kind of the same plot and mechanism and kind of setup, and then the, one just executes it as like a slasher, like a sloshy B movie slasher movie. Yeah. To sloshy, no pun intended. Uh, uh, and, and the other one is like super family friendly. And did you know a fun thing about the? The family-friendly one, even though it's Michael Keaton that plays the snowman, uh, the snowman was based off of George Clooney because he was going to play it. And now when you look at that snowman, you will see George Clooney. It looks exactly like him. Oh, man. Poor, poor Keaton. Disrespectful to him. So And uh, it was like George Clooney didn't do Jack Frost because he went and did Batman and Robin, so they got an ex-Batman to do Jack Frost. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> they can only pull from ex-Batman to be the snowman. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why Val Kilmer plays uh, Jack Frost in this one that we watched. <laughs> you know, man, I hate when he starts talking, dude. I, when he was just silent, it yeah. was okay. <laughs> when he's just like, he's just like, oh, I got a splitting headache. <laughs> you, know, yeah. man, you didn't have to do that. Uh, I love like the fake scars. Like obviously, just like a paintbrush ether on like the side of his uh, of his cheek, where he's just like, "I'm a rotten guy." Who <laughs> he was like, he was almost. Who's that big guy with the deep voice who was in um, Office Space? Who am I thinking of? What's his name? Big guy with the deep voice. The construction guy. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm not too familiar with Office Space. Uh, I've seen it many times, but I, I, can't, I can't pull the construction worker out of my head. It's, it's got to be. No, I can't find it, man. What a bummer. What was your favorite uh, kill in Jack Frost? Uh, uh, Diedrich Bader is who I'm thinking of. Okay. Uh, the My favorite kill was maybe, I think, Jack Frost getting killed at the... Well, the fake ending where they just used hair dryers to melt him was like, this is the dumbest. It's so fucking great. It's just like, you're just... You watch it and you're just like, I know that it's a real, like, sure, uh, bad movies are fun to watch, but this is like just one of those special ones where you're just like, some of the shots and stuff are like really good. Like the shot of like the reveal of like old man withers or whatever, like frozen in his chair with his neck all the way back. And the three dudes just staring over him. Like that's all shot, like really fun. And it's just like, it's like 50% of the people on set knew exactly what they were doing. And the rest had never done this before. So it just kind of teeters out. Uh, my favorite kill, I think, is is Jack Frost getting killed at the beginning. The antifreeze, no, at the antifreeze. Oh, at the end. I love, the, I I love the beginning. Like him actually, like he's not dying, but he's getting when he's like, oh, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I like that they they jump. They when he jumps into the antifreeze, he starts turning into like a blubber in like this really gross way. Like that's a nice touch. Oh yeah, and then it's just kind of like. It's the the actor like rolling around in the back of a pickup truck <laughs> in water with a with a giant pool noodle. Yeah, exactly, and just like punching it and like pretending like it's trying to like suffocate him. It's pretty good. And then he's like shoving a kid underneath the water like several times. 
and then and then like they really gloss over the fact that his child put antifreeze in his mug for him to drink yeah. throughout the day so like if jack frost never happened this guy just would have died he just would have drank antifreeze and died on the job it makes me think about like all the other shit he was putting in the stuff that he was giving to his dad that his dad never ate like was he trying to poison his dad is there like a subplot <laughs> where he's been trying to murder his dad the whole day because he's like he's like a zealot of jack frost and like he's a follower of him and it's kind of like the following right right and he's just that yeah. they wanted Hasselhoff for the cop because there were a couple times when I was like this seems like they really wanted Hasselhoff for I feel like they wanted somebody big for the sheriff because there's no one in this fucking movie yeah and it feels like the movie would just be heightened by just like, you know, putting Stone Cold Steve Austin like as the sheriff or something yeah, right, like right. and like a direct to DVD. This thing had one of the coolest DVD covers, too. It was like one of those holographic cards where it was like a super friendly like round headed snowman and then you turn it and it it's the poster that you saw on Amazon where it's like the I, I don't know how to explain it. It just looks like an ice monster with the fangs and it's like <laughs> it's really cool. It's an all timer. Um, the other, the one other question that I had, please, was there's a scene towards the end when the receptionist and the deputy get locked out, mm-hmm. and there's a guy with marshmallows on a stick who just walks, walks out right out, Chilali. and yeah. it, it's like at the height of like. Jack Frost has come to fuck this town and like everyone is running around and he's just like, yeah, just got my marshmallows, got my marshmallows on these two sticks and I'm heading back home. And I feel like, was he the same guy that waves in the window? When the woman, there's somebody who's screaming. I think it's maybe when the girl gets carroted to death in a very wild that that scene got was was in the movie. Um, Are you talking about the shower scene with Shannon Elizabeth? Yeah, I love how coy they attempt to be with what they're doing because they're just like <laughs> we can't actually do this in a movie, so they never actually show certain things happening. Or like like leading up to those things, and they're also just kind of like, what? He's just hitting her against the wall, and you're just like, that is not what's happening right now. And they're like, sure it is. Look, he's just hitting her against the wall, and you're like, that you you're not fucking tricking anybody here. It reminds me of that movie um, Forbidden Planet. Yes, which had the which had the worm scene. Which, you know, I'm sure that Jack Frost and Forbidden Planet are both on the same, like, X2 playlist of, like, you know, like, just weird, weird fetishes that people will watch this one scene and be like, yeah, this is what I like. I mean, yeah, sure. It's what I like. Yeah, you know. I'm into that. (laughs) Snowman. Snowman activity. Yeah. I mean, fuck it. Why not? Sure. No one's going to make it this far into the podcast episode anyway, so I can start saying (laughs) shit that, that could be dug up. That's what the rest of the podcast is going to be Is me planting seeds for me to be Canceled in like yeah, five years Like once yeah I, like I am In control of my own destiny I like the snowman shower Fucked up scene in Jack Frost 1997 In 2025 they'll, they'll bring this up And you'll be like well it was 2020 you could say Things like that you could say you Yeah it was a different man. time we were all kind of going through Some weird shit um, Virus you know quarantine I'm going to have to cut you off because uh, we we're trying to keep it to 10 minutes. But uh, is there anything else that you would like to say about your new favorite movie, Jack Frost? 
No, I just, you know, I don't know when this comes out, but I hope everyone has a great new year. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, we're going to, we're going to post it on Christmas day. Okay, great. Um, you got yeah. me actually, I'm feeling much better now. Uh, the past three that I had to do on my own sucked. <laughs> Like, cause I was like, oh, once I get into the middle of the night, I'm not calling anybody. It's going to be fine. Now I'm just watching movies, but I didn't have anyone to look forward to talking to until Jack Frost. Oh, Mike, you're too kind. It was fun. All right. I'm, uh, I'm about to start watching Treasure Planet. <laughs> okay. Well, have fun, Mike. I'm going to, I got two more, I got two more movies and then I get to go to bed. I'm pretty excited about it. You can do it. Stay strong, Mike. I believe in you. Thanks, buddy. I'm gonna send you a funny picture of um, of uh, Winnie the Pooh. That's my been my spirit animal tonight. It's really good. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Have a good one, man. Happy holidays. Thanks for the Christmas card. I'll see you soon. You got it. Bye. Bye. Great. All right. On to Treasure Planet. Let's keep this going. My buddy Linda Kudega recommended Treasure Planet. They said it's um, one of their like classic go-to Christmas movies. It was interesting because I wanted to. I was om- I almost picked Muppet Treasure Island because that's a big Christmas movie for me. Because I used to have um, used to be Muppet Christmas Carol and uh, Muppet Treasure Island on the same uh, videotape that was like ripped off of like HBO or something. So every Christmas we watch Christmas Carol and then it would just go into Muppet Treasure Island. We would just leave it on. Uh, but Treasure Planet uh, fills that void and uh, I'm going to watch it and see if it is in fact the death of the Disney empire that once was. Here we go. Treasure Planet. Pretty fucking cool too. It's cool. That's cool. That's cool, and the music is pretty fucking cool too. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeehaw! Treasure planet. Booyah! I, I, Captain. All right. Watched uh, Treasure Planet. I give it four out of five stars. Gets an E for effort. Uh, Treasure Island is just a really good story, and I really like it. It's one of my favorite ones. Let's call up Linda Codega, who was so nice enough to recommend this movie for me. Well, hello there, Linda Codega. Yeah, that's me. How are you? Thank you so much for picking uh, Disney's proudest moment for me to uh, to watch today. <laughs> Honestly, it is like one of 
the animation in this is so insane it there's a shot that he does at one point there's a shot like when he goes down into the cabin and you kind of see it from his point of view as he's looking underneath things and all of a sudden like the room becomes like this kind of weird oil painting but in 3d and you're just like wait what the fuck that looks weird yeah, it's bonkers. Like, there's there's so many, like, intricate details when they mix 2D and 3D animation. And I'm like, you guys really achieved, like, the painter thing with, like, 3D yeah. molding. And it really is, like, a great experiment in, like, the, the Disney canon. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of, like, uh, you know, old school, like, kind of 2D animation mixed together with like different types of 3d and stuff like that i i liken it to like when you have i like i like like jurassic park is so good because they mix together both animatronics puppets and and cgi and blend them together so seamlessly that it kind of it makes something seem a little bit more tangible and with animation that's a huge thing because like it's a cartoon you can tell it's not real so there's something about mixing those two dimensions together that always kind of like i also love me some titan ae yeah i know you do yeah we have actually spoken about that before titan ae the ae stands for awesome energy it does it does okay yeah i believe that um so what's uh what's this what why 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 treasure planet what's uh what's so christmasy about this for you i mean it's just one of those feel-good films that i can sort of always watch again and again and it hits on all of the things that i really love in storytelling um i love pirates i love space i love sailboats my my father, who read, like, bedtime stories to me as a kid, like, Treasure Island was one of those stories that he always, like, read to us. And, like, to this day, he can still recite the little poem at the beginning that's, like, of sailor tales and sailor tunes, buried treasure and gold, whatever, whatever. The blooms. It blooms and thank you very much. No, no sweat. No, it's, I love, I was saying before I, uh, I rang you on the, on this like little blurb that like, I love Treasure Island. I love all versions of Treasure Island. Muppet Treasure Island fucking slaps. It's a bop. It fuck, it, it fucks. I love that movie so much. Yeah, apparently. I love it. Um, Cause that's just kind of like Treasure Island. Love it. Muppets. Love it. Tim Curry. Love it. And they were just like, and musicals love it and i'm like a treasure island musical give me that shit (laughs) yeah so so it really is just like it's very familiar it um it's very easy to watch and it's very fun and that's what makes it christmasy and it's one of those things like this is always something that i can watch when i'm at home with my folks like besides star wars and lord of the rings like i'm just like let's just put on treasure planet and see what happens yeah that just sort of stares at me and it's like You've seen this before, right? And I'm like, oh, many times. Oh, yeah. I was like watching it and I was like, I thought Martin Short was in this. Oh, yeah, there he is. Because he shows up like an hour in and then he's just in the last half hour annoying the fuck out of Jim Hawkins while he's trying to like keep everyone alive. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like Martin Short is like a weird robot who has lost a literal memory chip. Like brilliant. I love it. Thank you so much for recommending it. Um, do you have anything else that you want to spit about uh, on Treasure Planet or just in general before I uh, let you go? 
Oh, I think that's it. I think the, the biggest, or like another takeaway mm. is that like for a long time, I didn't know whether I wanted to like a date Jim Hawkins or like be Jim Hawkins. And sure. I think that that's like something that I've taken into adulthood. I'm like, do I want to be Jim Hawkins? I want to be Jim Hawkins, but when he's like the toddler. Yes, fair, fair enough. He, and he like hides underneath the blankets and he's looking sneaky as fuck. Sure. Yeah, I'm into that. That's also the vibe that I have with like um, Captain Amelia, where I'm like, do I want to date the weird? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Like, be the weird. She, that Captain character is, you're just kind of like, what's going on here? I don't feel like I should be. Like, is anyone watching me watch this? Like, I don't know. I don't want to be weird. Something's weird. Something's weird here. It's weird for sure. But like Emma Thompson brings it home. It's insane that that's Emma Thompson. It's like, and it's funny because uh, Love Actually was the first movie that I did yesterday. Start. I, I started yesterday at uh, eight a.m. Um, I'm almost done. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, bed is going to be great. I just ate like a really nice roast beef sandwich. I'm feeling good. You're set. I'm set. All I got is one more. I got Jingle All the Way next. And then I talked to I talked to my buddy Jack about it. And then I, I take a nap for like five hours. And then I'll get up and make some dinner. And then just go to bed normal. And, and then go about the rest of my life. Then this is, Then it's over. You know? Wow. You know, it's great. I'm really excited. Been a lot for you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. I'm I will. You liked it. I wanted to say real quick too. It is weird. Like it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, obviously, as Jim Hawkins. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> it is odd that, especially in like what 2002. Yeah. Um, that they wouldn't hire like Long John Silver is like a part to hire like someone big. Right. And it's like they've got. JGL, they've got uh, uh, DHP, and they got ET, but they're not like it's just some dude named like Brian Murray. Yeah, who knows? And I like looked everything else up, and I was like, he's known for John Silver and Treasure Planet, John Silver and Treasure Planet, the video game, John Silver and Treasure Planet, the animated series. I'm like, who's this guy? So it just seems really weird. And I, I could have, I was like, I didn't look anything up before I started watching it. And I was like, oh, I want to try and figure out who the voice is uh, for John Silver. I remember it being somebody. And I'm like, I don't recognize that voice. Who the hell is that? And it's, it's just nobody. It's, I mean, he does a fine job. Um, that must have been what they were trying to like hire for. Like they, they must have like tried out a couple like bigger names and we're just like but we need someone like piratey yeah and you're not piratey we need someone who can just really slap those r's <laughs> oh man all right well thanks again dude i really appreciate uh the good pick uh i think it worked out nicely being right here towards the end it's fun to visit disney back before you know they started gobbling up the world yeah Simpler time. I mean, maybe it could be argued there is a take that Treasure Planet might have like taught them all of the lessons that now they use to for global domination. I mean, you could say that. I mean, because Treasure Planet came out just before Atlantis. Mm-hmm. It came out just after Lilo and Stitch and Treasure Planet were up for the same yep. um, 
were up for the same Oscar the same year. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, like, it, it's really like a, that is the departing movie for for Disney, really. Yeah, because they, they, they have like that kind of Lilo Stitch uh atlantis treasure planet kind of run and then like a few years after that they kind of come back with like princess and the frog and everyone's just like we don't want these anymore and and they were like oh oh okay oh all right well we'll 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 buy the superhero movies and they were like that's fine i love that when disney bought marvel in like 2010 everyone was like oh okay sure whatever no big deal and then they're just like and then i know Wild stuff, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Iron Man was nobody in 2009, and then 2010 hit, and all of a sudden, like, all we could talk about was Tony Stark and Inception. Yeah, Robert De Niro was back. He had the big boy pants on. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, I got to start this movie so I don't fall behind, but thank you again, Linda. Um, Mm -hmm. Have a happy holiday. You too, dude. You know, happy Christmas, as they say in some of these movies, because they're, they're, they're British. Oh my God. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> okay, so, um, yep, gonna put on Jingle All the Way. That's the last one. Then I'll call Jack. I'm really excited. Here we go. Jingle All the Way. Teen Heartthrob, Phil Hartman. Idiots. Where's your Christmas spirit? The last one just left. Now, his two fathers. This is one mission. The baby. And every man for himself. I'm thinking maybe, though, we could join up as a team. You don't like that star skin hut. We're a late delivery of Turbo Man. A toy. <laughs> Let's go. Is there a problem, officer? You can never do too much to make a child's Christmas magical. This just looks great. I'm forgetting to say anything. From the director of Mrs. Doubtfire. You want a Turbo Man for Christmas? Forget it. I'm not going to sit in your lap. Don't enjoy it. That was taken this morning. And from the director of the Flintstones. Oh, jeez. Okay, everybody. Let's calm down with these accolades. All right. Yeah, that's uh, Jingle All the Way. That's the last movie. I did it. It is three o'clock. I got done about an hour early than what I thought was originally it. I am extremely tired. Uh, I can't wait to go to bed. I'm going to hit the hay after this. So let's give our good buddy Jack call. Jack Kolodzewski, story screen Presents Hot Takes Fame. Give him a ring. Hello, Mike. Hello, Jack. How are you? I'm good. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas. Yes. I did it. Happy everything. Jack. You did it. I did it. We did it. I this is the last this is the last movie. I did it. How many movies did you watch total? Twelve. Twelve. I've been watching uh, I've been watching movies since uh eight AM yesterday. 
Oh, so you didn't sleep? No. Oh, perfect. This is the best kind of mic to, to talk to you then. Yeah, no, I'm real good. You actually got me in real good mood. Uh, Cause after watching Treasure Planet and this, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm in a good mood. Robbie made me watch Ooh. Elf at like one o'clock in the morning. I was a little saucy with him. I I did not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad I could provide you with a, a suggestion for a fine holiday film. A fine holiday film. A fine ho- holiday film, indeed. Uh, so, uh, I love Jingle All the Way. What what made you what made you uh, jump to that one? You jumped right to it too. I talked to you and you're just like, oh, I know it's this one. Yeah, as soon as you were like Christmas movie, I was like, all right, I know exactly, I know the one. Uh, I Jingle All the Way is such a, like a funny, dumb Christmas movie uh, that like I'm I I'm pretty sure I had it on like VHS when I was a kid, but totally recently. Eleanor and I have taken to watching it as sort of a tradition every year on Christmas Eve while we wrap our, our Christmas presents. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so that's our little tradition. That's good. Yeah, I remember I had it on VHS because I remember it had it had one of those big plastic cases. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like where they like to like the Disney started doing it and then other people started ripping it off because kids were like those. Did it come with like a little... Mini Turbo Man. It did. It came with a little tiny mini guy. Yep. And I, I actually had a Turbo Man, like the real toy that they released the same year. Did they make those? They made them. Yeah. Like the same year and stuff like as part of like, cause they were hoping that it would be this whole craze. And like the toys were literally like the toys in the, in the movie. Like they had like the boomerang, they had little whatever, discs. Whatever they made for the movie, they just like, I'll print more of those. Exactly. Yeah. So they just made those. And my grandma got me one because she was like, oh, these are going to be the craze, just like in the movie. And I was like, OK. And I had my Turbo Man doll for a while. But that was also the same year. That's Tickle Me Elmo. That's a 1996. So it's kind of funny that they were it was based off of like Cabbage Patch Kids and stuff like that in the 80s. But it actually like came out the exact time that Tickle Me Elmo started happening in Christmas in 96. So it's pretty wild. I see. I, I appreciate that movie now more so as like a kind of perfect pre nine eleven relic, especially with uh, Sinbad's character and how that's just like played for laughs, and it's like, ha ha, he's got a mail bomb. Yeah, it's pretty it's like, wild. That was a different time, huh? That's yeah. It, I mean, that's just Sinbad in general. That was a different time. Right. This is yeah, that's true. He's he's from a, a different era, I suppose. Yeah, I uh. It, it's. Did you ever watch after the credits? Uh, is that? Hold on. I I have it, seen this movie. It ends with his. It ends with his wife asking him like, "Oh, what'd you get me for Christmas?" That's yeah, yeah. That's after the credits. Yeah, I've never seen that up until just five minutes ago. Oh yeah. I had never watched after the credits because like when I was younger, I didn't do that. And now I always do it. I always watch the credits. Just well, uh, well, you got to see how they set up the, you know, the Turbo Man cinematic universe. Like what's the next big bad kind of deal? Preci- uh, precisely. And it's like, oh, now he's got to He's got to go try and get like some lingerie from Victoria's Secret. Right. Because that's right. what wives get. Right. Right. That's a wifely gift. That's a, that's a gift you give your wife. Of course, of course. Uh, I also like uh, how there's kind of like a room callback in this, even before, like, do you think the room was inspired by the cluck, 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 chick, 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 chick? He's doing the chick, 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 chick. 
Oh yeah, I suppose you're Jim right. Belushi is like chick 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 buck 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 buck. I'm like, what the fuck? That's right. Yeah, maybe there was some inspiration there. I love his. I love this movie. Development picked up some uh, some inspiration there as well. It's just a fun movie. It's a fun movie. I'm also a huge fan. I'm a huge, one of my favorite subgenres of movies is movies where everyone pretends like someone who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger wouldn't be a fucking weirdo. Oh, yeah. Where they're just like, oh, I'm married to Arnold Schwarzenegger. And what's his job in this? He like, he like sends people mattresses. He has an office. You know, he's got to go to the office on Christmas Eve. Yeah, but he's, like, sending people, like, mattress covers. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's his gig. He's just like, oh, you don't like the color? We'll replace him. You're my number one customer. That's true. That's true. Another another room callback. That's, like, in Total Recall, where they're just like, you, yo, you think this guy is just, like, a normal dude? They're like, no, he's like a super spy. I was like, yeah, no shit. Look at him. I, you know, I kind of I kind of like the, the Arnold family man role. Oh, I love it. Know? I love it because it's like they really that's movie magic to a T. Like they're able to convince you that someone who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger is just a dad. He's just a guy. He doesn't have to go to the gym like fucking, you know, for like six hours a day, five days a week to maintain this body of his. It's true. You can't bench press your way out of this one. To just, uh, to just be Turbo Man, so... And they, it was all building up towards this. That's all. That's well. all it is. You know, I was watching last night, actually, funnily, funnily enough, unrelated, but uh, the sixth day. Oh, yeah. That one? Mm-hmm. You should go clone yourself so you can go fuck yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another, another Arnold as a family man mm-hmm. movie, but then, you know... I also like, he's not a family man in this one at all, but I also very much like Eraser. That one I haven't seen. That's a good one. Also, End of Days, I have a real soft spot for. He's just kind of a normal cop in that one, but he's supposed to be like a degenerate, and and Gabriel Byrne plays like the devil, and Arnold Schwarzenegger calls the devil like a fucking choir boy compared to him. It's pretty good. A choir boy! Okay. Arnold's got a range. He's got a range. Well, man, thank you so much for sharing this super duper Christmas movie with me. It was a perfect one to end on. I knew exactly where I was going to put it. Um, are you are you feeling after after this sort of marathon? You feel like uh, feel like this is something you want to get into? Uh, well, this whole thing it was kind of like uh, I remember I kind of talked to you about the idea of doing it for charity. Sure, yeah, I'm on like that. I'm, I'm, the the. Like, I'm you here. yeah, kind of like seeing if like this could be something that could be done live, uh, like stream it, like kind of like Shia LaBeouf watching his movies kind of thing and like have like multiple people do it, maybe even make competitions, kind of just like testing it out and really just wanted to kind of relax before the holidays and force myself to uh, do something extremely almost too relaxing, except falling asleep. Everything else was fun. I just ate pizza and crackers, coffee. I tried a uh, um, what's that stuff called? Um, cocaine. No. Uh, no. what's the like hard seltzer stuff? Oh, uh, truly. What is it? Truly, the hard seltzer. No, the other one, the real popular one. Dude, I don't know. There's oh, White Claw, White Claw. There you go. 
white claw. Yeah, I I tried those for the first time on air. Uh, those aren't that those aren't that great. No, not really my thing. Not my thing. Not uh, my I winter drink either. They taste fine. Um, but uh, no. Summer. Yeah. Better in the sun. So I have like twenty of those or something <laughs> that are just gonna stay in my fridge for a while. Save them for the next marathon, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. All right, man. Thank you again so much, dude. I'll let you go. Happy holidays. Hope to see yeah, you soon. I got your sleep, huh? I got your present wrapped up and ready to go. I'm pretty excited uh, for you to see it because it's fucking stupid. Uh, you, are a, you are a class class A g- gift giver. I this one I got a while back too because I was just like, oh, 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 that, that. That's the one. That's the one. Oh, I can't wait. It's gonna be fun, man. All right, dude, I am going to sign off from this, and I'm going to go to bed. Uh, Have a very good day. Thanks again. Yeah, I'm excited. Bye, Bubby. Bye. Happy holidays. You too. And all right, there we go. That's it. I did it. Everything. 12 movies. I feel great. I'm going to go to bed. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a great, fun experience. It took me roughly... Ooh, let's see here. 32 hours? About 32 hours. That's not that bad. That's fine. I'm fucking tired. I'm going to go to bed. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, Five-star rating in uh, Apple iTunes really kind of helps uh, get the awareness out there for everybody. We really appreciate that. Um, Share this with people you think would like this too. I gotta go. I gotta go. Remember to go to storyscreenbeacon.com where we got like a bunch of really cool stuff, reviews, articles, more podcasts. Uh, we also got a store where you can buy like tote bags and uh, Christmas mugs and uh, Christmas mugs, just regular mugs. Fuck, I'm tired. Uh, we also got gift cards there. Um, and remember to follow us on Twitter at story underscore screen and on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon and you can also find us on facebook that's it have a very great one merry christmas happy holidays peace out